Grammys. You couldn't be with her. Where were you, oh, and what did you think? I was fortunate we uh, we landed in uh, Las Vegas just in time for me to turn it on on my phone and uh, catch her winning her 13th award, announcing her new album. She's rewriting the history books herself. Uh, I told her I'll have to hold up my end of the bargain and come home some hardware, too. Today's episode is brought to you by Shiba Inu SHIB. Shiba Inu token is the most exciting cryptocurrency in the world. Way back in 2021, Shiba Inu became the most popular crypto, surpassing both Dogecoin and Bitcoin on CoinMarketCap. You can buy SHIB on all the most popular coin exchanges. My favorite place to buy is Coinbase, but the best place to find more information is by following SHIB token on Twitter. There you'll find links to the Discord, the subreddit, Telegram, and everywhere else to find more information about investing in Shiba Inu. Diamond paws, SHIB to the moon. PBS Sports presents... The Superb Owl. All right, let's start the show. You have an unnatural allegiance to losers. You beat V-Man! You've got to beat V-Man! And welcome back to the Evil Mark Show. My name is Mark Hammond, and I'm happy to be the Mark in the Evil Mark Show. I'm oh, brought- crazy with the sound bites. Sorry. I know, I'm already, I'm going to be mashing the button. <laughs> That's why someone else should run this board. Uh, I am so happy to be the Mark in the Evil Mark Show, broadcaster, uber sports nerd, ready to take you on your Super Bowl sports talk journey. Now, some people call me Pinguino Supremo, but today I will be your Svengali and your rabbi while we dive into the funny, odd, double weird, duty. Damn. double duty today <laughs> as we dive into the weird and interesting stories about and leading up to Super Bowl 58, or should I say Superb Owl 58. Now, if you're not familiar with this, this whole weekend, this is technically a Taylor Swift event, but a football game will be played to resolve the 2023 season, you know, if you're into that kind of stuff. But at this point, I'd like to welcome my panel of commentators, my fellow talking heads, uh, men I respect, men who I've talked to uh, two years on about sports. I'm glad to have them here for this Super Bowl special edition. First up, my normal Thursday co-host. Uh, he's my best friend. He's my pal. He's my homeboy. My rotten soldier. He's my sweet cheese. <laughs> my co-conspirator. All of that. My co-conspirator, Eric, host of the File Under Entertainment podcast, a college football super fan, thrust once again into NFL coverage. Eric Stevens, <laughs> right. how are you doing today? <laughs> I'm doing great, Mark. I'm happy to be here. Uh, didn't have to adjust my schedule at all. This is a normal Wednesday record day for us. It's uh <laughs> The other guy that's uh, losing his shit over there that had to adjust his thing. So yes. I'm happy to be here as always. He's itching to speak, and I have a special sound effect for him too. <sighs> Secondly, but never second in my heart. At this point, I'd like to welcome my other co-host, Wisconsin Cheesehead, a man whose love life is connected to the furniture in his, his house, and the host <laughs> of Nobody's Listening Podcast. And some people, <laughs> some people like to call him Mr. Unlimited. <laughs> Jared, how are you doing today, Jared? I can't stop. <laughs> I just lo- love the rotten soldier line. Lost his damn oh, mind. Of- <laughs> I-, I thought he liked the furniture line. Because <laughs> I, I, I actually listened to his show this past week. I was like, oh. And, and just and just like in, in typical Jared fashion, they could not work out the time. They no. they had a conversation about CST versus Mountain Time. This yeah. is what I found about podcasters, meeting podcasters over the past three years, getting to know podcasters. <sighs> no one can keep track of time zones no. at all. <laughs> no, I it, so for the longest time when we were going to do the podcast, it was like, all right, one p.m. my time. That's when we do it. Jake like immediately got it. David just can't fucking get his shit together. <laughs> Um, so yeah, that's, that's what that's all about. I'm, I'm doing good though, Mark, uh, the, the rotten soldier. I don't know what it means, but I fucking love that. <laughs> well, he's my best friend. He's my pal. 
He's my homeboy, my rotten soldier. He's my sweet cheese. <laughs> sweet cheese. I, I'm in love. <laughs> the the best part of that is the is the last part of the line that we had to cut because it was just too homoerotic. Was my good time boy, <laughs> <laughs> which was just a, a little too much, a little too much there. But uh, so glad you know, you guys- I, I finally got around to watching the first episode of Snuffbox yesterday on your recommendation, oh! which is another Matt Barry. It was so good, I could not <laughs> stop. I could not stop laughing. Oh, it was uh, incredible. Thank you for that. I had no, not it- seen it. Uh, that was my introduction to, to, to Matthew Barry. I mean, uh, there's that wonderful sound. There's uh, another one we use for the you show. You me with a woman's hand, you Midwestern Lucy. Which I was saving that one for today when we talk about Taylor Swift eventually. Uh, Midwestern floozy. And then we also have, uh, how can we forget, the, the new and improved. You really are the most devious bastard in New York City. <laughs> I, I, if you, if you want to <laughs> check out a bunch of uh, homoerotic stuff, come check out the next file entertainment where we dive into the boondock saints. Ooh, yeah, oh yeah. Oh, well, we're, we're, we're definitely going to talk about that when we get to your plugs, but yeah, that's uh, I'm very, very interested in, I, I forgot. I need to send Eric my, my questions about that. I've always, ju- I've always judged, especially men. Like, do the, do you like boondock saints? Yes. Okay. But why? That determines whether or not I know you're cool or whether whether I know you're a psycho. Do you like it ironically? <laughs> I can't wait for these questions because I, I would definitely I don't know what side of the fence that uh, David is on with this. So I'm interested for your questions. I have a whole list of questions myself. So yeah, it's gonna be fun. Am and I, I supposed to be- put together questions? Yes. Yeah, you're there. You're the co-host, right? What? What questions am I supposed to do? What homework did I not? I didn't get the homework, teacher. You get. You got time. You still got time. I got I'll two work, days. I'll work with you after class. Well, okay. <laughs> I'll let you copy off my, my work, but you can't. <laughs> you can't make it look the same. You got to twist it up a little. Because <laughs> I'll know. I'll know. You can't, you can't be like, you know. There's been a lot of governmental overreach, and by the way, that reminds me. <laughs> yeah. Have you heard of Ruby Ridge yet? Yeah, have you heard of Ruby Ridge? <laughs> you know, COVID was fake, by the way, and then you know, I think he'll know. He'll know. You have to. You have to change those parts. <laughs> well, we have a huge Super Bowl episode for you today. We are talking conspiracy, scripted outcomes, practice field drama. Are we sick of the Chiefs? And we have a very special Mock My World Superb Owl edition. We have not had a uh, we haven't had a Mock My World I think since um, it's been a while. I think last year we had one. We had one for uh, special episode sixty nine. There's only been like five times we've done this. A lot of times it, it comes down to scheduling. I know I get emails about this all the time. Not so much nowadays, but for those of you who've, who've been around for the whole two and a half year, two year plus ride. I get emails from you all the time. Uh, especially when you go back and you listen through the, you listen through the, the back catalog and you're always like, Hey, what happened to that? Why don't you do that? It's very difficult to put together, but today mm-hmm. we have another special edition for the Super Bowl. Uh, we can't wait to get that. We have a very special guest. I'm going to be introducing later. Uh, it's not, it's someone we have not had before. Uh, so it'll be the best Super Bowl performances and that'll be a, a lot of fun. But before we get to, before we get into that, Let's take care of some business, shout out our listeners, and find out more about our panelists. I just hate them because they, they, they low down, they dirty, <laughs> they some snitches. 
that's not our listeners. That's the panelists. <laughs> that's our listeners and our panelists. But I want to, before we dive into today's show, I want to thank all our listeners and watchers of our content. We encourage everyone to look inside this episode's description to find the links to all our social media pages, where to get your Evil Mark Show t-shirts, links to our sponsors, the Evil Mark Show Discord link, and Apple listeners can sign up for Evil Mark Show Plus, $5 a month, and you can contact us anytime by emailing us at show at evilmark.com. Once again, that's show at evilmark.com. And we give a special shout out to these listeners who email the show every single week. They're either listeners of the NFL show or the college football show, or if they're really awesome, they listen to both. I want to mention them by name. I want to mention SEC super user, Mizzou man, Hornsdown69, Jenna P, Abdel, Duckman, Christian Norcal, Mazemans, James Harden's exquisite beard, and the one and only UVA Doug, who I did not bring a special sound effect for today. I, I'm, I'm sorry. Doug is going to get screwed out of his sound effect. And this is all, I, well, and I think this is the NFL show, technically, right? So I'm yeah. like leaving out Tyrone. Like, what's like, wow? See, like, dude, Tyrone, come on, come over to the CFB side, man. I, I got you. <laughs> no. yeah. Oh, I forgot about Tyrone in Minneapolis. He's our, he's, he's like the one guy who only listens to the NFL show. Uh, in his, for his honor, I'm going to give him a Time for some football, baby. And for UVA, Doug. All right, I'm sorry. Doug, I'll make it up to you. I take all your emails. You email like five times a week, dude. So <laughs> you can, it, it's all right. And I answer all of them. So. You can start emailing me, Doug, unless you're scared. I'm just saying. Yeah, please. Email Eric. <laughs> like, did you see that Virginia basketball game? And I'm like, I'm like, dude, if it's not the Pac-12. I, mean, like, I don't live in a bunker and watch sport. I wish I could get there. I'm trying to get to that level, but I don't at this point. But I don't watch ACC basketball all the time. But UVA, Doug. You're greatly appreciated, uh, but I do have well, this sound effect. I mean, I, I don't know. How well, greatly appreciated. <laughs> appreciated by me, not appreciated by Eric. Eric's holding on to that college football season and rivalry <laughs> like a bone, like a dog with a bone. But uh, <laughs> we're here to fuck shit up. Also, every Thursday, we're going to start with Eric. He joins us. He's the host of the wonderful podcast, File Under Entertainment. What could be easier? It's all alphabetical. You know, A, B, C. The only podcast Nick Cage himself personally listens to. Nick fucking... Broncos country, let's ride. All right, I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> well, I Dude, know where like the hour and a half seconds. went. Exactly. <laughs> it is... It, 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 it is... It's a 15-second clip, Jared. <laughs> that fucking... That's the longest 15 seconds of my life. I know, and it it seems to only get longer as you, as you do it every it, week. It really does, and it's included. It literally stops Eric's plug dead in its track every <laughs> single week. It's like I want to promote. That's why I go out of my way to promote File Entertainment because I'm like, hey, let's do your plug, Eric. By the way, let me play a 16 tech second sound clip, totally out of context. But Eric, <laughs> and this is a great one today because I have both of you here. But let me talk about File Entertainment first. Eric, tell us about File Entertainment. What is it? Where can you find it? Yes, thank you very much. You are always so gracious in letting me speak about it. It's available on all platforms, file on entertainment. It's uh, from an alphabetical approach, just talking about media, a whole season worth of movies, whole season worth of music in which uh, both Jared and Mark uh, were frequently involved. Jared's the, the co-host and the super producer, and uh, this season is all about movies as well. We got the A episode that already dropped, of which Mark was a guest. It was of Ace Ventura, Air Bud, and Alien vs. Predator. 
Uh, and we got the B episode coming up for fans of David. He's going to be joining us. And uh, as Jared mentioned, we're going to be talking about uh, Boondock Saints, Blade Runner 2049, and uh, Brotherhood of the Wolf. So good stuff. It's going to be a really great one. Now, if you guys have not listened to A, go back and check that out. When there was also the Movie Madness Tournament, that was the first episode in season three. So if you missed that, definitely go and check this out. So you guys are recording. This is a great group of movies. So Boondock Saints, of course, very, very, uh, in my mind, one that's that's kind of wild to kind of get a read on. Blade Runner. I'm surprised by the uh, newer Blade Runner. Uh, was this your pick, Eric, or was this your pick, Jared? It was Jared. Wow. No original Blade Runner, no no love for Harrison Ford. Why the new one? So, I realized that like my selections as recently need to be curtailed because a lot of what I like is older with some very questionable topics, as well as <laughs> I may have. So somebody was made fun of me for not ever watching the original Blade Runner. Is like, fine, I'll watch the original Blade Runner. It'll give me a reason to watch twenty forty nine because I wanted to see it, mm-hmm. and I had to do what you did with alien versus predator where I fell asleep once while watching the original <laughs> had to restart it and went back to it. I was like, wow, I want all of my life back. And then I just love 2049 because, you know, Mr. Heartthrob himself, as well as there's some little subtleties that I picked up on during 2049 that have some cyberpunk ties, the intricate storyline as it's kind of basically told. And it, I don't want to give away too much, but basically, don't waste all my shit. But like, every time I thought here. I figured something out, I was like, no, I didn't figure out shit. So that's why I really, really fucking like the movie. It, it's a really good one. Now, Eric, this last one, I'm not really familiar with. This was a, like a more obscure one for, for me. Is, yeah. What's the, what is it? And what is that movie about? Uh, Brotherhood of the Wolf is a French film from 2001. It's about the Beast of Gévaudan, which was actually a historical event like this uh, beast that could have been a wolf. It could have been maybe something else. No one really knows, but it, uh, it killed over a hundred people and attacked and injured about a hundred more. And this is kind of like a, uh, fictional factual kind of take on it. I mean, mostly, uh, taking some liberties with the the narrative stuff Many. but uh yeah but th- there are some also like uh some factual stuff kind of interspersed in it and uh i just think it's interesting interesting is there uh, is there, is there subtitles uh it's yeah the the original version is uh uh french language with english subtitles but there is like yeah a, a dubbed english dubbed version what were what version did you get to watch jared did, did you read this movie is this why i put it put, or did you did you watch the dub version? I watched the dub version back in like 2005 once, and I fell in love with it. So I, I think oh. the dub version, yeah, I think the dub version's even better because the mouth doesn't match the the words. And it's <laughs> so this is so <laughs> these are very unique selling point there. <laughs> <laughs> these are, are, are some two great ones. One that people may not be familiar with uh, really great stuff. So guys, if you have not been able to check out file entertainment or you haven't gotten around to it, please, please, please. I encourage you to go check it out this week on our feed. We have, of course, we have our superb owl show that you're listening to right now, but our mansers isn't going to be coming into later in the week. So you have some time there uh, for your normal Thursday, uh, later in the Thursday or Friday, go check out file on entertainment. Go check out our movie uh, madness tournament. Uh, that would be season three, episode one. And then go check out a Airbud alien versus predator, which I was very, very lost. in, And uh, of course, uh, Ace Ventura, uh, one of the greatest comedies of all time, really great show. 
I encourage you, if you have not gotten a chance to check out File Entertainment, please, please, please go out and check it out this week. Uh, do me a personal favor. Get out there and check out that episode. And then also, not to get shortchanged, my other co-host and panelist is here as well. Every Friday during the NFL season, Jared joins us. He's the host of Nobody's Listening. I, I, I promise you I'm not stupid. I'm just panicking. <laughs> He's got a whole THX sound. Have you ever heard a sound effect before? <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> It's very intense. It, like I, it feels like it should be in a movie theater <laughs> on a Dolby sound system <laughs> blaring in your, except the first part. The first part sounds like the, the, an engineer who, who fucked I, up the, I, I promise you I'm not stupid. I'm just panicking. <laughs> <laughs> like the gate, the guy played the thing. Finally, finally, Jared, <laughs> tell us about nobody's listening and where they can, where can people find it? Uh, you can find it where all greater platforms are uh, put up, I think is how Mark says that. Uh, basically, it's just a random hodgepodge of uh, me and Let's Play Death Ray because they raise enough money for a wonderful charity. Uh, uh, shit. Extra Life. Thank for you, Extra Life. <laughs> yes. Don't worry. I'm just, I'm not stupid. I'm just panicking. He's panicking. Yeah. He's panicking. <laughs> uh, for Extra Life. And so they, one of them has to join me each and every week. Uh, where we talk about nonsense, like last week was uh, copyright my casting couch, Pal World, where the we basically were hijacked again by Pokemon, aka Pal World, and then like uh, the next week's episode is where we talk about loopholes, David's getting abducted, uh, and then why I ask a ton of ask women questions. So well, let me ask you this because I know Maze Man, Mizzou Man, uh, we're we're rubberneckers when you were the when you used to be wisconsin's most eligible bachelor so mm -hmm. without rehashing everything can you break down how couches play a, a role in your love life <laughs> yeah uh that's actually kind of funny because i in casting copyright my casting couch i talk a little bit about it but essentially for the longest while i just every time it would upgrade or downgrade or swap out my couch my love seat my recliner or something like that i would find a significant other and it would force me to like change the first couch i ever had it was this big sectional couch i had literally nobody to sit on it i was like i've had it for two <laughs> years this is stupid i don't need it to take up this much room uh i'm gonna sell it i sold it and then like two days later sarah my ex-girlfriend basically was like hey you're cute let's get together let's hang out i could come to you and point and i was like hmm I don't have anywhere to sit but this lawn chair so i had to get a new <laughs> new couch and then again recently uh, I was like, I should get a love seat. This recliner, it's just me, right? I should get something in case a girl comes over. Uh, hit up a gal to get a love seat. And she's like, yeah, I can get it to you. And then that's when Yen uh, actually hit me up. And she's like, hey, you're cool. You're cute. You want to go bowling on Monday? And now we're dating. So, yeah, that's that's kind of the TLDR. Now, does this power work when you are currently dating someone? Like, if you're currently dating a woman, like, if you went out and stopped sh started shopping for, like, a waterbed, should she be scared? Like, is it any furniture change, or does this furniture change have to happen while you're single? Uh, Jake brought up the conspiracy theory. Uh, Mark, if you want to put on your tinfoil hat, that'd be great. I, it's always on, buddy. <laughs> if I break the love seat, and he was like, oh, 20 years in, Jared breaks the love seat. You got to get a new one. Ah, sorry, babe. It's done and over with. So... I don't know because I've never I've only broke one couch once um, and that did end in a divorce. So I'm not entirely <laughs> sure if that's wow. a superpower, but we'll see. <laughs> She's literally walking on eggshells, not to destroy any furniture. Yeah. 
I don't I don't use it. I just sit in my gaming chair. I stick to where I'm at. You know, if I do sit down, I sit down very gingerly. Well, we'll I don't know. We'll see what happens. <laughs> it it just seems that every time I'm like, I need to make a change. It just, you know, it happens. So. Furniture and women are, yeah. are the things that, <laughs> that roll around the same time for you. Well, I guess in a scenario, Mark, like that if he did get a waterbed and punctured it, like his girlfriend would drown. I don't know. Like, oh, I don't know. Is, is that where we're like, going with this? I have no idea. I wonder if like, if he ever gets upset, like, and I, I don't think Jared is the, the screaming type, but if Jared ever got upset and he started, you know, slamming his hands on the kitchen table, like, would she be more upset because like they're in a fight or would she be more upset because he could break the table? <laughs> That's the end for her. <laughs> it could be. Jared, are you a drywall puncher? I don't, I don't see you as a, a furniture destroyer or drywall puncher. I, 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 I do the Batman brooding when I'm very, very angry. Oh, wow. I kind of just slow down, go internal, and I'm just like, I got to find a gargle to perch on top of and just look over the city. You go full Bruce Wayne. You just <laughs> out in my city. <laughs> you just out in central Wisconsin at the quick trip going, this is my city. <laughs> like, There's These are my hot dogs. Is that weird dude again? Oh, that's just Jared. He got broken up with. Don't worry about yeah, it. Yeah, He'll be gone in two days. He's just going to stay out here in the parking lot, eat a hot dog, <laughs> sip a drink, and say really weird stuff. And then when he leaves, <laughs> he'll be like, hey, Jared, I never got a chance to thank you. Yeah. <laughs> you never will. Can we fill my big gulp? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, at least she'll know where you're at at all times. If you ever like leave in a you know sour mood to Quick Trip, she'll know. She'll know. There's problems. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that is great. So if, guys, if you have not checked out Nobody's Listening, another great podcast, do not ask for uh, financial support, even unless you want to go listen to the Evil Mark Show Plus. But if you don't, you can get everything on the free feed. And what I ask for you is please, please, please go check out Nobody's Listening. There's a ton of great episodes. The last episode was great. Uh, I've been on there a couple of times. A couple of weeks back, we had the uh, military episode. Uh, really great, really fun time. And that one was interesting because that was all about the Nazis and america and pharmacology that one you have to listen to in order to to wrap your mind around it i cannot explain all the details of that episode eric give us the tldr on that particular episode (laughs) yes this was very (laughs) clickbaity where jared can try to convince us that america caused the rise of the of the nazi power superpower it is it is through pharmaceuticals it is true You just have to listen to the deep dive. Like he gave the flimsiest, he gave the flimsiest of reasons and like a true conspiracy theorist. I was like, okay, I'm already all in. You, I'm, I'm already all in after the the, the premise, bro. Yes, okay. How does it work though? <laughs> this is why I, can- I connected the dots, Mark. Right, one and one equals eleven. Nine eleven. That's how it happened. Right. <laughs> this is why. I mean, seriously, totally. This is why I don't watch uh, like infomercials because I remember I saw an infomercial for uh, uh, for a food dehydrator years and years ago, and I remember thinking, <laughs> I was like, it's so stupid. Look at the shitty studio audience, and I watched more and more of it. I was like, you know what? I could, I could have. It apricot chips and shit like that i could be like drying out a banana man like i could, I could be making all kinds of snacks right now i think i kind of need this thing like, in fact uh, eric i know we uh a favorite clip that most people love is the uh, uh the prayer water the holy water the bag of holy <laughs> yes. water oh my god we're yeah. watching this clip <laughs> find out that there's a guy who's selling bags of special blessed water and we're watching the clip we're making fun of it but at the back of my mind i'm like i'd like to get some of that <laughs> 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 
So please, 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 guys, go check out those shows. Uh, also, while you're online and you're listening, also... They say I had a Twitter site. If you're not already, you need to follow the show on Twitter. We are at EVLMRK. Once again, that's EVLMRK. That's retweets, comments, memes, and content. Once again, on Twitter, that's EVLMRK. Look for hashtag EMS208 to see special links, tweets, pictures, or stories we talked about today's episode. You can also DM me there. I will respond. Come check out your boy, Pinguino on the tweeter now something that's unique we have to do every week because this is the most popular segment and i think our entire show people will only listen to the thursday show for this segment so as always i'm outshined and outshined by a cat (laughs) so uh wrigley has to get his due so (laughs) let's start today with america's favorite cat-based podcast trivia game to test your knowledge of cinema's greatest movies tv's favorite sitcoms and music's favorite bangers it's time for a little What's Wrigley Watching presented by Chewy.com. And I think this is a, a very special dish. Because I think this is the only second time we've ever had Jared here to play What's Wrigley Watching. Um, it's always fun. I know you guys love it. Uh, and always, as always, uh, big, uh, big congrats to Old Dominion, the band, for providing uh, the sweetest thing, the Meow Mix version. Um, they unwittingly supported it, and they brought it. <laughs> uh, also, <laughs> Old Dominion, the university, and Old Dominion, the trucking company. But let's get to last week's winner. So last week's winner was Cam in Elko, Nevada, who correctly guessed the 1999 movie Man on the Moon, the epic Andy Kaufman biography starring Jim Carrey, uh, and why this got brought up. And how he found out was Cam in Nevada is actually a listener of uh, File Entertainment. He heard all three of us on uh, the uh, the A episode when we were talking about uh, Ace Ventura. And then he was like, if you talk about it a previous week, then you're going to make the movie whatever it's on what's really watching. <laughs> we're not very original. <laughs> yeah, no, no. And so I made I made a special point out to bring it to point out a documentary called Jim and Andy, which I kind of went on at length about how much I loved it and kind of the background of Jim Carrey. And he was like, I knew right then that that was gonna that was gonna come up <laughs> at one point. <laughs> so okay. he was the first one in. He won. He is, of course, the winner. Whoever picks the movie, you have to send me the name of the movie, and then you have to tell me what clip you want to pull from the movie. He decided, Cam decided that what he liked was Tony Clifton getting fired. So let's go to that clip right now from Man on the Moon, 1999. I have to ask your permission to fire Tony. Oh, my. George, this is going to kill Tony. He's waited for this his whole life. Well, Andy, there'll be other shots. Yeah, we have to do this. He's he's just a terrible actor. Okay, but please let him down gently. Trust us. Fuck you! I am not caught. <laughs> we had a deal. Arnold, who you talk to? I didn't talk to anyone. You must talk to someone else. Yeah, I was talking to Andy Kaufman. Hey, no, 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 Andy Kaufman. Really great move. <laughs> uh, I once again I congratulate uh, Wrigley on his great movie choice. 
uh, and congratulates Cam and Elko for uh, for getting the correct answer and for being a listener of File and Entertainment. Uh, I know he's going to be listening to us today, so thank you so much, Cam. Thank you for being a listener, and thank you for uh, Northern Nevada. I've been out there myself. Beautiful area, not much around. Enjoy McDonald's, buddy, because it seems like that's all there is out Elko. Wow. <laughs> and hundreds and hundreds of miles of empty space, but you do have a smartphone and you are listening. So I appreciate yeah, more time to listen to great podcasts like this than I guess, right? A, a ton of great truck stops in Elko, Nevada. I mean, just <laughs> unbelievable. And there is a Walmart there. I think there's actually two Walmarts nowadays, but a beautiful mm-hmm. area. Thank you, Cam. And this is great. I think Wrigley has been watching even more TV, film and or music, but this week, it's a very special superb owl film edition. This is actually a movie because no one can really mention Super Bowl because Super Bowl is copyrighted. So most movie, the Super Bowl is never the plot of a movie, unless you consider draft day that where it's mentioned a lot, but we've done draft day like twice with let's really watch. I can only <laughs> mention draft day so much. No one else will watch it with me, but this is, this is a movie that has a quasi connection to the Super Bowl. They mentioned the big game over and over again. Uh, but Eric, set us up for this week. And please, because this is the second time for Jared, could you explain the rules again? Yes, absolutely. Wrigley is always wanting to be part of the show, which is why he's lent his paw of approval to our tacos. He's spoiled. He has his own room with his own TV and DVR, which he's been using to watch media to contribute to the show, which is awesome. But unfortunately, since he's a cat, he's not the best at communication. So... He's been using the dog's communication buttons to try to tell us about this old piece of media he was watching. Maybe you, dear listener, can be like Cam in Elko, Nevada, and help Mark and I piece together what's really watching. And again, Cam, I want to mirror what Mark said. Thank you for listening to all of our shows. We do greatly appreciate it. The clues for this week are got to get to Miami before the big proposal. Substitute rodents, three little furry buskers, no fly list, whose ring is this anyway? And Blue is the alpha. She was getting a little testy with Wrigley that her and Ghost should be a part of this thing. So they've collectively agreed that the sixth clue would be a combined effort between them, which we're calling Blue's Clues slash Ghost Gift. For last week, it was, why didn't we get a whole cover of This Friendly World? Courtney Love plays Kaufman love interest Lynn Margulies. She was also famously the lead singer of the band Hole, which prompted Wrigley to wonder why we didn't get a cover of Andy Kaufman's song, This Friendly World. And for this week, it is this. It's a long one. They got Brody, Brighton, the best Bundy, a Big Bang Broad, a House Bunny, and a Bella. And it was still a big box office bust. Bummer. once again from the top we've got got to get to miami before the big proposal substitute rodents three little furry buskers no fly list whose ring is this anyway and they got brody brighton the best bundy a big bang broad a house bunny (laughs) and a bella and it was still a big box office bust. Bummer. If you want your pest pet to be spoiled like Wrigley, Ghost, Blue, Havana, and Jared Stinky Birds, you can find the best stuff to give them <laughs> hey. the best life at Chewy.com. <laughs> As a Chewy affiliate, we can earn a commission for qualifying purchases. You can find the link in the show notes and get started treating your pet like superstars. Jared, based on those clues, if, if you could not see the document and you didn't know mm-hmm. what it was, 
would you have any idea what we were talking about? By the time I got down to the no fly list, as I was reading through what's really mm. watching, because I sometimes peruse the document. I was like, I know exactly what this movie is. I looked down at the answer and I was like, ah, oh, <laughs> I was right. But yeah, I, I got it. I got it after the no fly list. That should oh, 110% give it away. Because when I watched the movie, I was like, why are they on the no fly list? What the fuck? So, so you've I seen think a this bigger movie. question is why are you guys watching this movie? <laughs> See, no, 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 no. He's seen it. I've seen it. Why are you watching the movie? I think it's the better question. You're watching a French film about a werewolf. You could be watching this. <laughs> it's not a werewolf. The mo- okay. Oh, the okay. plot line is all. Mark, this is one of the few foreign films I think you should watch because it's, because it's absolutely absurd. But yeah, Eric, why aren't you watching this? <laughs> yeah, what's up, Eric? Wait, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. This was reserved for my cat in his own yeah. room. He, he <laughs> can watch this and then uh, fill me in on it. That's that's where we're at. He's in there watching that, and he's looking down on your own film choices. He's like, he's in, <laughs> he's in there enjoying it, and he's like, I can't believe my owner watches Tales from the Crypt. Unironic. <laughs> How embarrassing. Let me start this over again. I think I missed this part again. This is a really good joke. And by the way... <laughs> Hat tip to Eric for Big Bang Broad. <laughs> Just, I, <laughs> I had to stick with the alliteration. I, I really got going with the B theme right, right there. So Big it also bang would, broad. would work as a nice clickbait. I was pretty I, proud I, of that one. I feel like because broad is a proper noun for a thing, you should capitalize it. He did, didn't you? No, it's lowercase. Oh, broad. Yeah. Man, and I'm broad. the idiot. Broad is like... Uh, I think it's always specific to the the individual woman. I think broad should be capitalized. I don't know. Yeah. I have to get someone from the Engl- the Oxford English Dictionary to verify with this, but I, I think I agree with Eric on this one. So I, I think I, I think I agree with Jared on this one. Okay. Big Bang Broad. I love it though. I love it. Uh, so make sure you guys are sending your answers to show at evilmark.com. Once again, it's show at evilmark.com. Winners will be announced on Twitter slash X with hashtag EMS208. Once again, send send your answers to show at evilmark.com. And remember, I need the name of the movie. I I cannot take just the first first part of it. I need the entire name of the movie, including any extras, any sides, whatever. I need the full title. And then I need a scene from the movie that you'd like for us to play next week on the show. So you have to have both. The full name of the movie. And you have to choose a scene. Please do me a favor so I don't have to watch this over again. Please send me the timestamp on the YouTube uh, so I know exactly where to pull the clip from. So I'm not watching the entire movie again. Uh, it was good one time, but I, I think uh, a second time is, is, is uh, again, some kind of human rights convention, right? I mean, you're not allowed to punish people like that. But please make sure you're sending your answers in right away. And the whole team, including Wrigley. And the dogs. I wish you the best of luck. All right, so it's time. It is finally time. Time for some football, baby! You play to win the game. PBS Sports presents The Superb Owl. Our main topic today, of course, is Super Bowl 58. And once again, all eyes in the sporting universe converge on the ultimate American spectacle, the Super Bowl. It's not just a football game. It's a cultural phenomenon that brings together a global audience for an epic event. So tune in for the Gridiron Showdown. Others, Some tune in for the Gridiron Showdown. Others for the party uh, and legendary commercials. The international crowd finally gets a taste of America's mix of national pride, 
consumerism, and camaraderie, and of course, those wonderful Clydesdales. The Super Bowl, with its week-long buildup, has woven itself into American life, showcasing our most cherished exports, football, and entertainment. And of course, the biggest story at the Super Bowl is never the game itself. The game is just a sideline. It's everything else surrounding the game. So let's dive into all the hype before we dive into the game. Now, before we start talking about Super Bowl, let me turn it over to our panel. So just to kind of get a background, I know everyone has, has listened to the show. I know if you're here, you like one show or the other, you like the Thursday show or you like the Friday show, but you're here now because we're celebrating the Super Bowl. But I just want to get some background on, on what your favorite Super Bowl is and, and why. Jared, I'm going to throw it to you first. Uh, you're you're the, uh, the senior member here. You cover the NFL with me year in, year out. What is your favorite Super Bowl? Um, why can I can I can I just make a statement real fast? Yes, please. Uh, so I don't think Eric should be allowed to talk during this because he <laughs> talks about the NC double whatever or whatever. I don't know. I don't really care about that sport, but I, I feel like he shouldn't have a say in this whatsoever because he talks about an inferior form of football. <laughs> wow. So I mean, so you're just going to take shots right oh, at yeah. the top. Oh, yeah. hundred ten percent. No, uh, my favorite Super Bowl was actually uh, 30, uh, 45. XLV, uh, Green Bay versus Pittsburgh. The reason why I liked that Super Bowl so much was I was actually deployed during that Super Bowl. And I remember going to the chow hall to get uh, midnight chow, which was my breakfast. And I walked in to Green Bay picking off uh, Ben Roethlisberger to seal the win. And that was the way that I started my shift. So that's why it was my favorite Super Bowl. I thought you were going to say it was your favorite because Green Bay is the only team that you know or care about. And and it shows during the yeah. entire season of your uh, NFL. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, well, you, you, now I got to ask you, Jerry, because you, mm-hmm. you obviously have a favorite team. They've been in a couple Super Bowls. It's, it's not like this is a once in a lifetime opportunity. So yeah. when you saw them before, so I imagine based on your age, the first time you saw them was probably, you saw the far win, right? Uh, the first time I actually watched them play uh live or the first time i saw them win a super bowl no the first time you were really a fan and your team won the super bowl like was that before or after the oh, far stuff no that, that was far yeah like that was around the time that my dad uh got me really really into it i actually saw them lose to the Colts during a, a preseason game which was hilarious but yeah that was like the first time i got to watch them win a super bowl was when Favre beat bledsoe and did you think like, okay, this is it? Because I've always wondered what it's like to be a fan of a team that's won the Super Bowl, which I, I think is never going to happen for me. But uh, like, I always think like, I think back to my own favorite Super Bowl, but I just wonder for you, did you think like, okay, this is great. Like, I never have to worry about this again. Or, we, or was it instantly a feeling of like, I can't wait till this happens again. It was, I can't wait till this happens again. And I like, I, I understand why. You like, selfish with, prick. Yeah. What, 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 what? <laughs> no, I'm joking. I'm joking. Yeah, it, It'd be great because I'd be sitting on the couch with my dad, like watching. It'd be like late night Monday night football, and he'd be like, "Oh, the kick is gonna go," and I'm like, "No, it's it's Chris Jackie. He's got this. Don't worry, Dad." You know, <laughs> just kind of like chilling in the back doing that. But yeah, it was always like super disappointing. And then by the time I joined the military, I started to get like you, Mark. Where it was like, "Well, I guess winning a Super Bowl was just a once in a lifetime thing when I was a kid." So. <laughs> Uh, I'll, I'll go next because Eric has been <laughs> no Eric gets to speak, but uh, he can go third <laughs> in this one. I'm, I'm going to go with the Super Bowl X L I I I. That of course is Pittsburgh Steelers versus the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, the one time this is 2009 um, was when the game was played, so that was a 2008 season. And I remember when they won the NFC title. I, I remember turning to my friend and I clearly remember exactly what I said. He said he goes. I he was another Cardinal fan. Uh, actually, me and Cunty are friends with this guy. And I turned to him and I was like, 
He goes, we're going to the Super Bowl. And my reaction was, I was like, but we're the Arizona Cardinals. They're not going to let us go there. (laughs) (laughs) And he goes, no, no, we won. We won the game. And I go, it's, I go, I'm telling you, we're not going to (laughs) go. This is not going to happen for us. (laughs) Yeah. I'm like, no, he's like, no, we won the game. And that was my first reaction was just such shock that we were even going to (laughs) go. And then the game, I, I was totally, uh, uh, committed to the idea of like, Hey, we made it here. That's all we really needed. This team has been, I've seen this team have two, three win seasons, four win seasons. I grew, you know, I grew up being a fan of them. Um, so my brother was out here. So ever since I could watch football, Arizona was my adopted team. And then, well, the Phoenix Cardinals were my adopted team. Then I ended up moving out here to go to Arizona state and they've just been my team my whole life. And, uh, just cause I could never, I could never rock the Seahawks, just never Portland, yeah, you know, Oregon guy can't could never do Seattle. Can't do Seattle anything actually. I, I don't even like Seattle's best. But anyway, this Super Bowl was um, just it was such a cock tease because it's this great event that we get. You know, finally our team's in it. They're playing, uh, and then they're actually showing some life in the second quarter. It's only three zero in the first quarter. They start coming back in the in this in the second quarter, and then there's this terrible turnover. It's one of the worst turnovers in just all time history. And I gotta admit, like. The way I don't like Dan Lanning is the way I did not like Kurt Warner. Like I was unapologetically picking on everything I could about Warner. Like anytime Warner would screw up, I'd be like, yep, see, then send him back to the, get him a grocery bag. Like I was always <laughs> a guy. I, I don't know why. There's just something about Kurt Warner. And then people, even when Kurt Warner would do good, they'd be like, see, Kurt Warner, he's, he's our quarterback. And I'd be like, mm, he's got an ugly wife. Like there was like, <laughs> I would not give the guy an inch. Like totally unfair. And I would even, just like with, with Eric, I'd have conversations about how unfair I'm being with the guy. I'd be like, bah, still fuck that guy. Like it's just so. That's great. <laughs> terrible turnover of the first half. Steelers score. Uh, they get into the second half just kind of falls apart for him. Uh, actually it doesn't fall apart for them until the fourth, until the, like the, the early part of the fourth where the pits, where, where Arizona has 16 uh, points, they start to bring this comeback, but it all just kind of falls short. And uh, it's just, it, it was, uh, I love this Super Bowl because we made it to it and I watched it so closely. And I remember watching every little strip of coverage during hype week because I was so, uh, I was so awestruck that the Cardinals were in there, but uh, in my fandom, with the trailblazers and Clyde Drexler, the Arizona Cardinals and, in in uh, Larry Fitzgerald, all I felt was sad, not just as a Cardinal fan, just because I was like, ah, oh, I know we're terrible, but now we're ruining Larry Fitzgerald. Like I, and, and I knew, and I knew I was like, I will never be back here. This, this was it for us. This is another 75 years. Like when I'm dead, this long dead, this team will be back for Super Bowl. but this was like a once in a lifetime opportunity. So I hate it. And I love it. Uh, my screensaver used to be the, if you remember the meme where the chihuahuas at war <laughs> in the background, you could see scenes of Vietnam. Uh, mine is actually has the background, <laughs> which is this, this particular wow. Super Bowl. <laughs> so that it tells you wow, everything buddy. you need to know about what wow. I thought about that Super Bowl. <laughs> but Eric, he says you can't talk. I'm going to overrule him. Please tell us what was your favorite Super Bowl and why? Okay, I kind of like really confused is where we're going to be going with the the mock my world later because i like i find it hard to believe that you guys like were just so freely giving uh your favorite super bowls away so obviously must not be part of the the best super bowls of all time uh i'm actually going to go with uh the philadelphia eagles 41 over the new england patriots 33 like it i wasn't really actively a, a fan of the eagles anymore i was more a fan of like donovan McNabb and 
uh, Deuce Staley and, and kind of that era. And they had gone to the Super Bowl, but uh, lost. And so uh, he was gone uh, by this time. So I wasn't really like actively like a huge NFL fan or a fan of the Eagles. But I mean, I guess this is as close as I've been to having, quote unquote, my team win it all since I, I did root for the Eagles, probably the longest out of any team like it was made all the more sweet by them beating uh, Tom Brady because I had previously liked the Patriots, like when they got the the new design logo and when Drew Bledsoe was uh, was drafted there. Uh, and I really, really liked Drew Bledsoe. And so not only is Brady a Michigan man, but he also took Drew's starting role. So yeah. I can never <laughs> forgive him for that. Uh, <laughs> so for the game itself, it had a lot of offense, including the, the trick play, the Philly special, which still gets talked about as one of the, like, the best moments in Super Bowl history. Um, just, yeah, really cool. Um, that, that was neat. Uh, I sucked for, uh, Carson Wentz who kind of like let him there and then got hurt. So Nick <laughs> Foles had to step in, but, um, yeah, just, uh, just pretty neat that the Eagles finally got to do get something. I, I gotta tell you my story with that one. It was, uh, that was one where I had, uh, it, I was in Colorado at the time. So I'm in prison. Heavy gambler, because that's all there is to do. So work out, gamble. Uh, I'm in there, especially Sunday, Saturday. I'm in there all day. So I went heavy, heavy on the money line for for the Eagles, because they were actually the underdogs in this one coming into it. And at game time, it went, it really, really bumped up. Like There were so much money flooding into the Patriots. People really thought, okay, Tom Brady's going to get it. It's going to be the same thing again. And I came in at the last second, $30 to win 120 not even my not even my best win there but my second biggest uh betting win a real shame that like when i think of all my greatest gambling wins like <laughs> they the were all while you're inside <laughs> yeah all of the top five like three of them were in prison the other two were <laughs> yes. and one of them was only there because i i i thought it was it was this past year when i chose fresno state over arizona state i was like just because i was so damn proud of how smart i was <laughs> like everything i said came true like i i must need to put more of my paycheck into gambling i must be brilliant <laughs> at this like yeah <laughs> but uh i i remember that eagles team i was so pumped up by them i did not care i've never really cared for the patriots and the eagles i was like both teams that i could east coast teams Eagles always, it always strikes me odd, Eric. Let me ask you, like, I know you're an Eagles fan. I know you explained it before, but every time you mention your love of the Flyers or your prior love of the Eagles, I'm like, how do you mm-hmm. go from being a Philadelphia fan to being like, ah, take them or leave them? I mean, most Philadelphia fans are like, you know what I mean? It's like, it's like there's no part-time Klansman. How could you be a part-time <laughs> Philadelphian fan? Well, because I'm not like inundated with it. Like, I mean, I was oh, okay. just like really close like with, you know, my friend that kind of, you know, that, I served with in the Navy that was from Philadelphia. So he kind of got me uh, rooting for those teams. And I, I kind of like loved the teams more than he even did because he, he wasn't just like a huge, you know, sports fan, but I kind of like fully adopted them. And then, you know, just kind of being so far away, it's not like I have, you know, a lot of opportunity to really even see them. You know, it's like uh, the Flyers come here once a year to play the Blackhawks because they're in completely different conferences. So it's like they just have a home and home and and that's it. So I don't have a huge, a uh, lot of opportunity to to see the Flyers a lot. And, you know, it's same kind of thing with the Eagles, you know, we would just watch them on TV when it was available. But it's like, yeah, I mean, I was for the pros, I've always just been more of a fan of like individual guys. So it's like, I'll follow the teams that, that the guys are on and kind of when they go away, then 
I don't really care as much anymore. So it's, <laughs> I watch the Super Bowl because it's like like this huge, you know, societal cultural touchstone that you mentioned, um, and so it's it's good for that. But yeah, I think that's what I've heard from a lot of our well, from some of our emails. We're like, especially our college football fans are like, hey, they're like, you know, I don't really track this. You know, I don't really know what's going on. Like they know the names. That's what's always funny about being a fan of both of the sports. Like being such an intense fan of it. Like when we talk about Mahomes and we talk about Kingsbury, what that means in NFL fandoms and what it means in college circles are like two totally different things, mm-hmm. right, Eric? Like you talk about Mahomes' greatness, and if you if you were just talking to a college football fan, you'd be like. You, you mean the guy sucks. who went the guy who went to Texas Tech who couldn't yeah. even get a scholarship offer at Texas? He's exactly. Like, wait, he's gunning to be the, the greatest of all time. That guy? <laughs> right. That's like I was always so like floored by Kaepernick. Like obviously, you know, kind of he like flamed out famously, but I mean for a while there, like he was being talked about and like really lauded as like one of like the greatest. And it's like the dude that a really shitty Notre Dame team shut out because he was on Nevada. Like he he wasn't even good for Nevada. That's that Colin Kaepernick. Like I'm yeah, I just always floored it. Like how, when they're surrounded by much more talent in the pros, how much better that they can do. Well, and you always know the other side. Like you always know, you always know the guys who flame out. Like, and you see them, like we know the Jamarcus Russell, like the Achilles Smith, like these guys, I don't know why I did a pick on two black quarterbacks. It's not purposeful. Like when we think of a white guy who sucked, uh, I can't think like, there's gotta be one Laurinaitis, Florida Gator guy. Oh yeah. Tim Tebow. Yeah. That's a great example. Yeah. And he's a quarterback too. So that, that covers up. <laughs> that, that helps cover me. Thank you. Thank you, Jerry. You're welcome like, here. <laughs> these guys, man. <laughs> yeah, you just never know. In college, they're so fucking good. Johnny Manziel. Here's, there's another white guy. See, now two black guys, two white guys. Johnny so Manziel great. never studied tape, though. That's why he but, was. That's why he sucked. But if you saw him in college, if you saw him playing college, even if you were, if you're a crazy fan like myself who who watches high school clips and follows recruiting, if you had even seen his his college games or his high school games. He was so far ahead of everyone else. Just you thought like this guy is going to be, he's a white Michael Vick and he's better than Michael Vick because he's got faster. Baker Mayfield. Oh, no, <laughs> no, 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 no. You fucking step <laughs> off. No. Step off. I, I don't know if you got the memo, but this show is full bakes now. <laughs> bakes for life. <laughs> <laughs> the Bucks are actually doing a lot of things positively towards Baker Mayfield, like asking him about coaching, you know, positions and stuff because of how well he's doing with the organization. So it, unless he completely decides to just lay a big old turd next season, I, I got to break up with him again. But until then, Eric, lay off my boyfriend. I, 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 I'm when he started having that run late in the NFL season, I went back and I watched those Oklahoma clips, and I remember thinking I was like, I'm like, no, I'm sold. This guy, this guy had a game so good in the in the most important game of the year. He jams the ball up the other team's asshole, and then he gets the fucking Oklahoma flag and plants it in midfield. That's how badass this guy was there there's it's well yeah but again you're talking about college like we were talking about how great these guys were in college and it's just like it they just don't somehow have it's it's just so weird uh, how some of them are phenomenal in college and then don't do it in the pros and then there's the vice versa like we just talked about with Kaepernick and Mahomes they're just there's trash in college. You're amazed that they even get drafted at all or that they're even kind of selected or Brock Purdy he was like what Mm -hmm. what's the you know, Mr. Yeah, the, the the last pick in the draft, and now he's gonna, you know, lead his team to the Super Bowl. It's incredible how they're just like they're and he was Iowa State, like another I, yeah. 
shit team. He wasn't even really good on Iowa State. Like the, another <laughs> shit guy in college that's just like going gangbusters in the pros. And so he, uh, you would crazy. never know. Well, you know, one thing, so we've talked a lot of football here, but the one thing, the most important thing we're missing here for the casual fans uh, is the bejeweled elephant in the room here. I, I, I want to shake off the bad vibes before we get accused of <laughs> totally ignoring her here, but Taylor Swift. So no. you cannot talk about the 2023 NFL season without talking about the inclusion of the Taylor Swift, not only from the romance that started early in the season to the navel gazing of the cameras, to the overexposure, to the partying with Mahomes' brother, to the in-depth dive that's happening right now about into her private plane usage again by the national media. Uh, you can't talk NFL in this season without Taylor Swift. And here we are, NFC, AFC title games are, have been decided uh, two weeks ago on a Sunday night. I take to the group message and I explain how, okay, this is how Taylor Swift can get home from Japan. <laughs> like, there's <laughs> a window here. So this is, this is if someone who follows the sport, my first thought is like, right, how is Taylor Swift going to get to watch this game? Like it instantly goes to that. So what does this say in your guys' mind? Just the, the totality of this Taylor Swift thing. Does this say that our pop culture and our, and our sports are always going to be mixed up. Is this how it's going to be? Is this going to be like a, a chocolate and a peanut butter kind of situation? Or is this detestful and we should be angry? I know talking heads usually go into one of two camps. I'm obviously in the camp where I, you know what? I'm kind of on the fence. I could swing either way on this. Uh, Eric, uh, even though Jared should go first, but he went first the last two times. So I'm going to let you go first because you are a college football fan. And, and <laughs> but you, so that qualifies you as a casual fan. So you could speak more to, 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 to expertise in this. What do you think about this Taylor Swift? 2023. There's been too much attention that's been focused on it. Obviously, you know what I mean? Like, all the different times that they cut away and all the, the sound bites and all the talking heads that have to, you know, just spend hours in, in dissertation and shit, like even us, you know, talking about now, like I think there's been too much time devoted to it, but it also, the flip side is look how many more people it brought to the sport. Like if the NFL which already was a huge product, if they're talking about growing and expanding and wanting to, you know, tap into markets that they hadn't previously attained. Well, what better way than the Swifties who have a huge, huge, uh, societal kind of pull and uh, a lot of influence. And so someone like Taylor Swift, you know, for as long as it lasts with Travis, because obviously, you know, as you know, Swifties ourselves, you know, she doesn't have the greatest track record with relationships. It's like, you know, Jared getting rid of a couch. Like uh, <laughs> it's like, we have no idea how much longer it's going to last, but I mean, I guess while it's going on, uh, enjoy the ride. Jared, let me throw it to you. Let me ask you a follow-up mm -hmm. question there to that because what you will see online and what you hear from NFL fans and if you follow NFL TikTok, NFL TikTok went right down this rabbit hole as soon as mm -hmm. as soon as we knew the AFC title was going to was settled. NFL TikTok went crazy. What what are your thoughts that this is scripted? This was done to bring women into the NFL fold. I want to mention something in, in interesting sat here. So the number one podcast among women, right, is mm -hmm. a true crime podcast. I can't remember the name of it. It's one of okay. the more popular ones. But oh, do you know what my favorite two? murder? Yeah, my favorite murder is the number one podcast among women. What's the number two podcast among women? The uh, the one that Jason and Travis are a part of. No, you're going to be shocked by this. This is how this is how much in in, in traditionally male spaces. 
females are in. The number two podcast most listened to by women is Joe Rogan. Are you I'm got to be kidding me. I'm not kidding you. I, I, I saw the 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 uh, Forbes breakdown of it uh, myself. I read the article. The Joe Rogan Experience is the second most listened podcast by women, hmm. uh, and not not in age groups, and not, not no bullshit like millennials between twenty. No, all women. Number hmm. two. So NFL, it, 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 when you look at these stats, are going to the final ratings are going to be coming out for this for this year, not till post Super Bowl, probably a week or two after. That's when they usually release these to the business trades. But insiders say that this is going to be the biggest, most watched female NFL year ever. In fact, they're going to say when the numbers come back, this is going to be the most interaction between females and major sports that we've ever had in history. Hmm. Jared, is this fake? Was this scripted to sell this, to sell more shit, to sell the NFL to, to women? No, I, I don't. I don't think the fact that the chiefs getting to where they're at is scripted. Um, I, so I kind of have a, a working like to what Eric was talking about, like the major pull, right? Like the mm-hmm. NFL is going to, because as as a as a as a fan of the NFL, when they did the whole kneeling thing, I remember like we made it through halfway through the season, and every time you would bring it up, I was like, Mark, I'm just going to shank you. All right, we need to just <laughs> stop talking about this. This is dumb. It's the same kind of thing with Taylor Swift. However, Taylor has such a massive pull because. I listen to uh, Philip DeFranco on YouTube and he tells me stories about YouTubers who have like millions, like 20 million, 50 million viewers. And I've never heard of the guy. Right. Mm-hmm. So oh, yeah. I get why they're pushing it so much and I get why they're pushing so hard for it. And I think that maybe the other teams that they're playing are like, we're going to have, you know, all eyes are going to be upon us. And that might give them a little bit more jitters. Whereas the chiefs are kind of used to it because they've been to how many Super Bowls in the last few years. They're always used to having all eyes on them. So it's not that big of a deal. Whereas other teams that they're playing may not be used to such a massive pull, especially when Taylor is there because during that uh, chiefs jets game, right? They did a, a camera flash. Tom Grossi was doing it. I think Taylor had like 15 appearances during the game. And Rodgers only had like 12, right? <laughs> so it's that pull. It's that huge push. It's that just the whole energy surrounding the game. That's probably why the Chiefs have been able to squeak by, in my opinion, to get to where they're at. Uh, but now they're playing the 49ers who have had just as much attention. And I'm hoping uh, the uh, you know the 49ers can show what a real team can do. So. You know, any, any kind of, any kind of, there's been the 13 theory. There's been her favorite numbers, 13. There's all kinds of numbers. There's also the idea that I see in a lot of far right circles on Reddit, that the idea would be that they win the chiefs, win the Super Bowl. it's scripted. They get a big kiss. Two weeks later, Taylor Swift comes out and endorses Joe Biden. This is all a plan to attack Trump. We we have a time limit on this show. So, (laughs) but (laughs) <laughs> crazy right that is literally crazy right yes it is a, a thousand percent crazy i don't care who she endorses because it doesn't it doesn't spend my vote uh, a celebrity giving you an endorsement shouldn't mean jack shit because you should go off of your own thoughts and ideals no matter how harebrained they are i'm looking directly at you mark even though you can't see me uh but I, i'm just it, it's you sound ridiculous. like you're on Team Trump, right? <laughs> I'm, I I hate both of them equally. All right, I'm like, let's put just let's find some random E4 in the Marine Corps, put him as you know the the president, and then see how shit gets done. Like that's my mentality, right? E4 mafia in all the, the way. 
Marine Corps? You want someone yeah. dumber than Trump is what you're saying. Wow, that's I, uh, I want okay. a Marine E4 mafia <laughs> member. Like one of those E4 guys, you know, one of the one of the Marines that has been there for like 10 years. He's coming up on tenure. He's been promoted, demoted a t- couple times at a few Article 15s. That yeah, sounds like that a great guy. leader of our yeah. country. <laughs> I mean, he will tactically acquire whatever we need to get the shit done, right? <laughs> it, you know, he's you know what he he's talking about gates. He's talking about he's Jerry, we're gonna talk later. You, you sound very. There's a there's a weird conservative beating underneath there. But Eric, let me get your thought. Craziness, total craziness. Is it crazy or batshit? <laughs> I think it's batshit crazy. Although, I mean, I kind of like I was sending you guys the text message. Like the whole, I don't think that the Chiefs thing is scripted. I, I think if anything is scripted, I think it's definitely like the the 49ers beating the Lions because that game was well in hand. And like, you know, if, if the Lions had any kind of pulse whatsoever over the course of that last game, they, they had a lot of breaks go the 49ers way. And I mean, some people would say like, you know, more rational people would say, oh, they're just the better team. And they were playing at home and they had the energy and they've got the better players. And they've kind of been in search situations like that before where they were able to pull it out. Whereas, you know, the Lions just kind of get it in over their heads. But I, I oh. really get it. Like, who do you think is going to have a, a bigger market? Like, who travels better, San Francisco fans or, or Detroit fans? Who has more money? Uh, like, in, in just in general, in theory, someone that lives in California or someone that lives in uh, in urban Michigan? Like, it's going to be the huger market team, the San Francisco 49ers. Like, if anything's scripted, I got to think that it's that man. They wanted a, a bigger market, San Francisco team. In there, as opposed to Detroit. See, I, I think when we broke down that game, I got to make sure there's, I got to check myself here because I'm going to get into my whole rant and rave about this. But it was all about clock management in that in the back half of that game. It was just that guy is a great motivator of men, uh, but I think he would be he'd be Jared's uh, E4 there in a position that's a little bit too important that he should be in. This is that's Dan Campbell in a nutshell. Just. I, I haven't seen such shitty clock management since since Les Miles. Like seriously, just a, a guy who yeah. did not have a fucking clue in the back half of that game and kind of pissed that game away themselves. I, I'm I'm never not one for this conspiracy, the Taylor Swift conspiracies or the scripted conspiracy. Like it, it, at this point, like you know, like sometimes you'll talk to an NBA fan and they'll be like, "Oh." Everyone travels now. Like, yes, we all know that. Like, we all know that. Like, we all know that everyone travels on every play. We all get that. But it's a lame joke now is what I'm getting at. The, the, the NFL script is just a lame joke. It, it's like joking about traveling in the NBA. It's just lame. Mm. <laughs> you, it's, you still find it. I find it totally played out. <laughs> I like <laughs> The, the the dumb like the the conspiracy theories surrounding why it's scripted are like okay yes the it's scripted okay fucking let's hear your conspiracy theory <laughs> and then when they talk and they give you the theory you're like oh that's a pretty interesting one that's kind of cute right like it's it's funny to a point but at the same time like yes it's overused but I think the new theories that people keep coming up with that surround why it's scripted are just more asinine and it just makes it okay again right. Hmm. Eric, what do you think? <laughs> it played I, out or still cool? 
Yeah, I mean, it played out. I mean, I, I guess I just kind of like being contradictory because I was the one that was just kind of like putting forth uh, that, and, you know, I don't necessarily really believe that. I'm just saying like if there was going to be any kind of mm-hmm. like that would definitely be something that they would do, right? They would want a bigger market team in the Super Bowl. Like, So if there was a script, um, what better way to do it than to have some like uh, game where they just come back from uh, just these unbelievable odds to, you know, come from behind and secure, you know, grab victory from the jaws of defeat. And um, yeah. So then why didn't Jacksonville win last year? Jacksonville's not a big market team like San Francisco is. They're in the same kind of thing. Like I am, I'm honestly kind of surprised that Buffalo gets uh, as you, you would think Dallas, like if it really was scripted, like, mm-hmm. like if you believe, like if there are NBA people who believe the same thing, like, if it, if it was if Dallas constantly won like the Lakers constantly win, I could see you. And, and if your whole league was based on like kind of a, a hustle, the whole entire history of the NBA is kind of based on a hustle and kind of they're, they're lottery winners is what they are. They they had the bird, uh, they had the bird Magic Johnson era, and then immediately followed by the Michael Jordan era. They're they're lottery winners. This is it was like basically like a an MLM where they played basketball. It, it was a complete <laughs> shit show. So the fact that they're where they're at. They've had to hit the frozen envelopes, and there's been the the double dealing, and the ref who went set to prison. Like it's easy. That's like being a, a a fan of the JFK conspiracy. There's so much red meat there. It's kind of unfair. It's kind of unfair if you're a real conspiracy enthusiast. There's too much good stuff there. The NFL, you really got to stretch. You really got to do some mental gymnastics to be like, well, this is what they needed. They just needed Kansas City, a Midwest team, and then they'll get the world's greatest pop star, and then and, and then and then this will work out, and then we'll call a play on. It just there's too many moving parts. It becomes the 9/11 conspiracy. Well, plus I got to think that I mean, probably the majority of people that listen to Taylor Swift anyway are going to be more left-leaning. I got to think in just general, why would she need to come out and endorse Biden? Like I got to figure that probably those people are going to lean that way anyway. It's not like they they really need an extra push. It's like, Oh, I was on the fence. So I was definitely going to vote for Trump. But now that Tay Tay says, vote for like, give me a fucking break. Like people, like you really that stupid. Like I'm inclined inclined to agree with Eric there. Like, yeah, like, (laughs) all all the music is, is about is about basically being a terrible person and blaming everyone else. Of course all those people are gonna vote Democrat. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> just joking. I'm just joking. Kind of. I still um, don't know what that means. <laughs> I, I'll have Eric email you. Uh I am gonna jump ahead here because I, I want to get to some more of our, our, our fun Super Bowl topics here. Yeah. The other huge part of this is going to be the non-game hype. So let's go off the field and let's look at everything else. There's a lot of stuff going on here. First thing I want to bring up is the movie trailers. Tons of movie trailers. There's going to be Deadpool 3, Twisters, Kung Fu Panda 4, Monkey Man, which is supposed to be pretty good, Fall Guy, Despicable Me 5. Are you... I, I know, Eric, I'm going to start with you first because you're more of a casual NFL fan because you say you usually only watch the Super Bowl. What's your appeal level for the the commercials? Are, are you down for it? Is this the one time in life where you're like, yes, I'm, I'm willing to watch all the commercials or do you not buy into all that hype? Yeah, no, for sure. Like I, it, Commercials are normally the bane of my existence and I go out of my way to avoid them as much as possible. But like the, the Super Bowl, they're just like, they're special, right? I mean, they're so much more than just a, marketing and an advertisement it's like you know some of these are just like stories and and they can uh 
get you all like kind of misty eyed because some of the ones that have like animals, you know, that's like a, a huge kind of like touchstone for me. So oh, the farmer's that, dog or last year. Oh my God. Yeah. The farmer's like, pet or whatever. Yeah. Oh my God. Exactly. So ones like that are just like, Oh my God. Like they make it's an ad that makes you feel something, you know? And so it's like, it's additional entertainment level. That's, you know, kind of on par with the game or sometimes even better in the, than the game in some cases. And so, yeah, I definitely uh, can appreciate those. Are you a movie trailer guy as well? Or are you, would you really dig into like, I have to see this movie trailer? Nah, not so much. I mean, none of those, like, I mean, I'll probably see several of those movies, but it's nothing that I'd be like, Oh my God, this is going to be so like earth shattering and groundbreaking that I need to see this. Like, I mean, I'll just be watching the game anyway. So if the Deadpool three trailer comes up, like I'd be like, okay, yeah, that's cool. But I mean, I, I would, it would not like appointment viewing for me or anything, you know? Mm. Jared, how about you? NFL fan, uh, you're gonna be watching the Super Bowl. Are you watching the commercials? Uh, I actually got turned off to the commercials. Uh, really, you year. don't like Super Bowl commercials? I so after last year with the whole uh, Dylan. One second, I feel like I'm gonna sneeze. Okay, I'm not anymore. Uh, so after the whole Dylan, Bob Dylan. Oh, yeah. okay. Oh, damn! <laughs> I thought you were gonna say Bob Dylan. <laughs> no. Uh, so the whole Dylan Mulvaney thing about the whole Bud Light commercial, which I don't even fucking understand that whole controversy. I tried to look into it. And it failed. Uh, there was this <laughs> there was a snippet that came out that basically like they're like, yeah, everyone's going super conservative this year. Like they're just like to what Eric was saying. They're sticking to a storyline They're You know, they're good. They're going to try to be cutesy about it. Right. And I'm like, but that makes it no fun. Then when Mark and I review the, you know, the trailers with Mansers, what 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 happens, right? Like, how am I going to be able to make fun of a alcohol commercial trying to tell us how to be great adults when alcohol does nothing but destroy your life with the way that they're portraying it? So, like, I feel like this year it's going to really, really suck. And I've already got all the trailers, all the trailers pinned to watch. Like you mentioned, all of them. Like I have all of those in my watch later. <laughs> so, like, I, see, yeah. I- I'm not a trailer guy. I like, I I'd rather just go in cold. The, the trailer doesn't do anything. I tell you what, what, what does do it for me though, is this, uh, the other big trend that's coming out here is the, there's going to be, when you look at these commercials, there's going to be a parks and rec reunion, a couple, there's going to Audrey Plaza. And I think, uh, uh, Amy Poehler going to be in a commercial for, for Baja blast. Sounds great. Friends reunion, Jennifer Aniston and David Schwimmer and an ad for Uber eats. There's going to be a 30 rock reunion. No Matthew Perry. Uh, no Matthew Perry. He is not going to make it. Jeez, <laughs> he was a. You're a dick. Wow. I mean, even I, this is the evil Eric show now. <laughs> just going yeah. to. I'm just going to defer to him. Wow. <laughs> well, you didn't call him a junkie or anything like that. So I guess that's that's something. So like he will you, not like be there. you just did. <laughs> like I just did. Uh, and then there's the Scrubs reunion. I, when I look at these commercials, I'm like, that's what I'm looking for. The, I, I like the sad stuff, but I don't want too much of the sad stuff. I want like, I want to see Jennifer Aniston. I want to see has she hit the wall. Like, where are you on celebrity? These special one-off ads. They're just Super Bowl ads where it's like, hey, oh my gosh, there's Burt Reynolds, AI <laughs> ghost. Like, what do you think about the celebrity ads, Eric? <laughs> <laughs> that's where Matthew Perry can come back right so I yeah no I I guess it's cool again it's like I'm not going to go out of my way like if I'm watching it which I will be then I'm watching it uh, if I happen to see it and if I enjoy it then cool maybe it's a talking point on a show like this but I mean yeah I'm, I wouldn't go out of my way or I wouldn't try to like seek it out you know ahead of time or whatever I yeah it's 
none of those like properties are really kind of like do it for me anyway. Like if they would be like, Oh, third rock from the sun, like they're going to have <laughs> them be like, all right, I got to see this then, you know, but <laughs> scrubs, like, don't we get a scrubs commercial? Like every time we see like the fucking what T-Mobile ads, like for their mm-hmm. T-Mobile, like we, how can I, yeah, scrubs, like shit all the time. How can I miss scrubs when scrubs will, scrubs will never go away? <laughs> like, exactly. like, like how, how can I think fondly of it? There's constantly in my face. Those two, <laughs> the friends when I'm into, yeah, the scrubs on them. Like, do I need that? Like, I don't know. It's like bringing together the living members of night court. Like, okay. Yeah. We kind of interesting to look at, but like, which really... they already did. They rebooted that thing. They oh, rebooted they did. Night court. Yeah. Oh yeah. Now they've re- <laughs> yeah, they rebooted, rebooted <laughs> they reboot everything. Well, I got to tell you about this, this, this last topic here is this, this Budweiser, uh, the idea that Anheuser-Busch makers of Budweiser and Bud Light in uh, Jerry mentioned the, the controversy, they've made huge purchases for the Super Bowl. And they intend to, according to one executive, quote, own the night. This is part of a larger strategy to rebrand and shake off last year's boycotts. Commercial publications are calling this the biggest gamble in marketing, and they tried to win back a lost audience. Even notable people on that side of the fence, uh, Trump took to Truth Social. He floated the idea of forgiving Bud Light. Ben Shapiro has floated the idea of forgiving Bud Light. There are worse uh, perpetrators out there. Now, because of all this ad buy, because of the pre-idea that, hey, maybe we should all take it easy on Bud Light, which does not sound like Bud Light paid anybody off at all. That just sounds like you naturally come to that conclusion, by the way. But any kind of thought to Anheuser-Busch winning the night, maybe regaining some lost brand. I've seen the commercial. Uh, I don't want to spoil anything, but of course, there's horses. There's a dog. Heavy on animals. Uh even with a little nod to inclusion in the bar scene, Jared, I'm going to start with you because you seem mm-hmm. very. If you were a drinker, you seem like someone who would not drink Bud Light. Can they win it all back with the excellent commercial that's all Americana, or is is this ship sail because of all the controversy last year? It, it, um, so you might find this interesting, but. I don't ever choose anything based off of commercials. I refuse to. Like, it's dumb. The the few times I've watched a commercial and been like, hmm, I should try that. I've not liked anything, right? I, I always just go to the grocery store and I find it. So, I mean, if you're the kind of person who needs Taylor Swift to tell you that you should jo- vote for Joe Biden and you need a commercial to tell you that you should be drinking the specific beer to be all American... Like, it's cool to see your company do things like that. It's cool to watch your company, you know, like, make something that you're cool. You're like, oh, I drink that beer. That's kind of dope. I like that. That's cool. But I don't know how they win people back. Like, hating or liking a company because it's something they put out is just ridiculous. It's like, wow, you really shit the bed with that commercial. Um, So can they win the night? I think if, if the commercial comes back and is sweet enough, they could win the night. But I don't know how they win it. They're like the the third largest beer company that's out there. So, uh, Eric, what about you? You're you're more of a politically active guy, and I, I know there's something to be said about you know uh, supporting that, being inclusive. But I mean, just business wise, can you can you win all those people back in one night, or maybe because remember, no, I don't you think so. Win, you win too many of them, you're going to lose some of the other. Like, can you bring this back to neutral, or is is this horse totally left the barn for them? 
I think if their mind is made up, their mind's already made up. I mean, it's like you were talking about, you know, people on the right trying to, uh, you know, get on board. You know, so maybe that's going to have more influence than anything that they see on in the ad. I, I think like, you know, the people that really kind of buy hook, line and sicker into what Trump has to say are going to listen more to him, like pseudo endorsing Bud Light rather than anything that they would get from a Super Bowl ad. Like, I'm the same way as Jared, honestly, with like ads, like don't, they don't really sway me. Like we always see ads for Doritos and Pepsi and McDonald's and shit like that. Everybody already knows. And like, either you're already eating those things or you're not like, I, I don't like some of the ads can be entertaining, make you laugh, whatever. But it's like, none of those things would be like, Oh, I really gonna, I'm going to definitely have Doritos. Now. like, I already fucking was like, this, this isn't gonna, <laughs> this isn't gonna do anything for me. Like this. Is he? Yeah. Get Doritos. Yeah. No, okay. I was just thinking like, man, I could really go for the Pepsi. Pepsi does. I know, right? Like, it does sound great. He said it. I mean, it's only like, yeah. I could taste it. Yeah. It's great. I think, yeah. They're, they're basically, it's, it's going to be tough because to Eric's point, like, I think a lot minds are already made up. I think there's the idea like, Hey, maybe we should forgive him. Like once they decide like, Hey, this people randomly get in their head that they don't like something or they like, they, they let somebody kind of, be the judge of how they should judge something. And that's the, the idea that they come to. I, I think it's a very harder to undo that than do that. I think you get work. Mm-hmm. People worked into a ladder way easier than get them to be like, Hey, yeah, calm down. Let's forgive them. You can't do that unless it's like, uh, you know, like a young woman. That, that, that's the only kind of time where people will be like, yeah, well, yeah, she's, you know, she's a young girl. Like, come on, give her a fucking break. Like that's the only time it works everywhere else in America. They're like, they're like, let's lynch him. You know, that's, that's what yeah. it goes to. Yeah. Even if it's the vice president. Yeah, they're like, screw it. Let's, that's how it's going to go. Someone, please. Anyone got, anyone got that Toby Keith commemorative rope? rope? <laughs> R.I.P., by the way. Big up. <laughs> I meant for his song, Beer uh-huh. from Horses, which is about. Right, right, right. right, right, sure, right. It's okay. Uh, I have to one up uh, Eric over here <laughs> <It> <laughs> with, his, with his Matthew Perry. Uh, well, let me get to the last thing here. Uh, I know there's some, uh, there's a, one big topic here, I think, in the off-season odds and ends that I wanted to mention to everybody here. So there was the huge news that kind of overlapped college football and professional football with the news that Jim Harbaugh was leaving the University of Michigan, where he just won a title, to take the job with the Los Angeles Chargers, uh, a, a franchise that had a dismal year. Uh, it seems like they've had the past the dismal past three years supposedly have all the talent in the world on offense. Uh, Eckler, Herbert, uh, some great wide receivers, a good tight end. Defense has been sturdy, but just have not been able to get the results. Uh, Jared, you know, you know what, Eric, I'm going to throw it to you. Uh, you know Harbaugh more. Uh, we <laughs> we know Harbaugh in and out. We've done several episodes about Harbaugh and his weirdisms and his pajama pants and his SpongeBob, SpongeBob hey. beer. Fear of chicken and then love of chicken. So Jim Harbaugh back to the NFL in your mind, does it work? Is it going to be more successful this time? Are you glad to see him go? Oh, yes. I'm very glad to see him go. Get him out of college football <laughs> where he was a, a dirge, uh, uh, just a drain on our existence. Um, so glad that he's now Jared's problem to talk about. <laughs> I don't have to think about him anymore. So at least for a little while. Do you think he'll win there? Do you think he'll be successful? 
I mean, he did before, like he had success before uh, at Frisco. So, I mean, he, that's the guy, like he wins everywhere he goes. Like he obviously, he turned, you know, Stanford around and, and certainly uh, turned Michigan around, like albeit with cheating, but uh, I mean, it's like, going to be a little bit harder to do, but uh, in the pros, but yeah, he's got, uh, he has a level of success. So obviously he, he must have some kind of, He's got a lot of quirks and a lot of weirdness, but he must have a, at least a, a decent, you know, football mind. That entire family, you know, his brother and his father, uh, both pretty successful uh, coaching careers as well. So, and now Jim is allowed to Jim's allowed to sit at their table at the same table yeah, as at the big table. <laughs> yeah. yeah, with his glass of milk. With his glass of milk, Jared. Uh, Jim Harbaugh had success before. What I really mm-hmm. want to ask you about is the Chargers. Like this is to my. Back to my point, when we talked about how good this team was, like we've said this over and over since we've done an NFL show, like this is the most underperforming team. They never deliver what they say. They're they're basically a cocktease. This is a strip club visit yep. in the formative NFL team. Give me your thoughts on the San Diego or uh, this. Even then, I keep forgetting the Los Angeles Chargers. Yeah, honestly, like I think it, I think it's hilarious that he's they're like, oh, he's going back. He's coming back to the NFL. Who's he going to go to? And, you know, all the teams are coming up and it's the Los Angeles Chargers. Like, oh, like, congratulations. You've now joined the shittiest team in, in, in the world. Best of luck with it. Uh, I hope that you don't uh, like it, it's like it's like what we were thinking with the Packers, right? It's like, can they go 500? If the Chargers can go 500, like, cool, Jim Harbaugh, you, you, you did good. Like, that's I think that's the that's a good first season for him. Like hey, that might make the playoffs in the NFL. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Damn. Well, since you mentioned the Chargers, I know this is your favorite sound. I love to drop that one. <laughs> That's the only good thing about talking about the Chargers this past two years has been playing that stupid clip because every time we talk about the Chargers, it's like, <laughs> how did they lose this game? How did they lose to so-and-so? How did they lose to so-and-so? I don't see how it can get any worse there with Jim Harbaugh. He's probably going to turn over the apple cart. It would have been more interesting to see him go to Las Vegas. I think that would have been maybe not the best situation for him, but I think he definitely would have had a bigger imprint on this team. It just seems like Eric, remember his comment like two years ago where he was like, where he kind of criticized the backhanded comment to Ryan day, where he was like, you know, some guys are, you know, were born standing on third and they thought they hit a triple, right? Like getting a job, Los Angeles, ton of money. Justin Herbert as your quarterback, uh, a, a pretty young offensive line, one of the best, five best running backs in the league. Uh, all they basically need is like a blocking scheme. Doesn't this seem a little like if he looks down, he would be on third base NFL? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Like even if he loses, he wins. Like he's got all this guaranteed money coming his way. Like even if it flames out horribly, like it's still, he's in LA and like. <laughs> Yeah, this he escaped Michigan having just won a title. Like he'll forever be, you know, uh, just a, a god in Ann Arbor. And now he gets to go to LA, get this obscene amount of money, and to your point, just uh, be the coach of uh, an up and coming kind of team. And uh, no one really has huge kind of thoughts or plans, thinking that he's going to win the Super Bowl next year. Like they're going to give him some time, and it's just a great scenario for him to be in. And it sucks because he's not the greatest person. So, 
Yeah, that's going to be rough. If, if if he can turn that franchise around and, and then he wins big there or he even threatens to go to a Super Bowl, like the, the story on the, co- the college level about his weirdness is, is already followed pretty closely. I can only imagine how that's going to play out now. Like knowing what we know more about Jim Harbaugh now, if he was ever involved in a Super Bowl week, right? Like they, what else do we not know about Jim Harbaugh at this point for those of us who followed him in college? <laughs> yeah I, hopefully we won't find out for a long time <laughs> we know which episodes of spongebob he like we shouldn't <laughs> be here we should not be here at that Bro, spongebob is great though i know but like he just he's a grown man he sleeps over at, at recruit's house he's trying to get young that, men to come play for him okay so the, the, the okay yes that is creepy however That's weird. Comments, spongebob is great okay it's spongebob is good <laughs> Don't I'm, have your trying to defend him. I'm just trying to defend spongebob right i fucking love spongebob you know the other thing i wanted to mention here uh because I, I it would be unfortunate if i forget to bring it up because there is a commercial that I, I forgot to mention here but and it's already played it's already been played in most parts of the internet there's clips of it on tiktok but this uh this paramount plus advertisement with uh with sir patrick stewart singing creeds higher I've, <laughs> I've been a strong defender of of higher in creed since their glorious comeback last year into the uh nba mlb playoffs uh carrying us over into college football i love the song higher but now that it's been featured in this commercial in such a in such a silly way eric is it over is the is the era of creed over yeah, I, like well, until they have uh, Jonathan Frakes or whatever, until he does a version, then we can adopt it again because then we can have it along with our Texas is back kind of <laughs> self life. Well, but yeah, it's over. Love I, I, wa- I wonder about that. What will, what will we tell our kids in years from now when they're like, yeah, you know that song actually made a comeback for like eight months and it was like the biggest thing ever, and then I don't know why it just dropped off the face of the earth. I don't know. I don't think it was a Super Bowl. And, and, the, and then, you know, there might be some skepticism. They might say... It's a made-up tale. It's a total fabrication. It never happened. It never happened. This one was invented by a writer. Not this I one. hoped that it you never happened. knew where I was going False. with this. It never happened. <laughs> it's a fake. It doesn't it's stop like Nicolas Cage. I know. It's, like, it's longer. <laughs> oh, yes. my God. Thank you, for, thank you for teeing me up, Eric. But... Let's uh, let's take care of some cheap plugs and let's uh, make sure we're taking care of our beautiful, beautiful sponsor. Um, actually, I, for- I didn't write down who was going to read this one. So, Eric, do you have it in front of you? I do indeed. Yes, today's episode is brought to you by Shiba Inu. Shib, Shiba Inu token is the most exciting cryptocurrency in the world. Way back in 2021, Shiba Inu became the most popular cryptocurrency, surpassing both Dogecoin and Bitcoin on CoinMarketCap. You can buy hashtag SHIB on all the most popular coin exchanges, like Mark's favorite of Coinbase, but the best place to find more information is by following at SHIB token on X. There you'll find the links to the Discord, subreddit, Telegram, and everywhere else to find more info on Shiba Inu. Diamond Paws, SHIB to the moon. Ooh, yeah. Got to get that SHIB. Go ahead, find out more information. Make sure you're going to at SHIB token, but it's time. It has happened. It's been a while, but it's time. It's time. The buildup is palpable. It's palpable. Broncos country, let's ride. Oh my gosh, it's time. Are you mocking me? Stop it, you just didn't do it again. It's time to play Mock My World. 
As we prepare for Super Bowl 58, it is an evil Mark Show tradition to have a special episode and bring out our most favorite game, Mock My World. Uh, so welcome everybody to Mock My World, the ultimate showdown where we settle the debate on the greatest Super Bowl performances of all times. Now we've gathered four passionate participants ready to duke it out in this draft style game. From jaw-dropping catches to game-changing plays to funny commercials, all the way to halftime shows that rocked our world, we're diving deep into the history of the Super Bowl to crown the best Super Bowl performances of all time. Now, only one of our participants will walk away with the most coveted title in all of sports talk, a Mock My World Championship. Now, joining us in this superb undertaking are some of my co-hosts and friends and people we've worked with on other podcasts. Let me introduce our drafters, and then I'll lay out the rules and we can get started with the game. Now, first up, frequent guest on File Entertainment, a man who's helped us navigate the decades those episodes, a frequent contributor, an actual mus- musician. Welcome, Chris, to the show. Thank you for being here. Ahoy, ahoy, everybody. Good to be here. Oh, great to have you for Mock My World. How have you been? Fantastic. I'm excited now, about this. Uh, yeah. Now, the last time we heard you was on uh, File Entertainment. Eric, can you help me out here? Which was the last episode? Was that the 2010s? I uh, believe so. It's, yeah. I think so, yeah. Sounds, it, sounds about right. Yep. No, I think you were there for the for the next one too, I believe. But yeah, you were on File and Entertainment. Uh, wonderful, great time. Are you going to be coming back for season three? Are you going to be giving your your uh, opinions on movies this upcoming season? You know, I have lots of opinions. What I don't have is a lot of time. Oh, so <laughs> you can't watch three movies in two weeks. I- I the answer is no. The no. answer is absolutely not. He'd be lucky to watch three movies that, that of his selections like in a year. I, I, I haven't probably- watched a, a movie in probably four or five months, and before wow. then it was maybe a year to two. So if if you would have gotten involved in this, and you would have had to forcibly fit Aliens versus Predator into your schedule, <laughs> okay. yeah. I, I've got opinions about that, but they're very old opinions, so I need to refresh. Uh, <laughs> uh, is is there any other projects or items that you're you're doing in the future? Any any future podcasting that you'd like to plug or anything you'd like to to put over while we have you on the air? No, man, I'm just trying to stay alive. That's all. <laughs> that's all I'm doing. <laughs> wow. hey, that's a, that's what it's all about. That's the secret to it all. But next up. From the podcast, nobody's listening. Uh, he's at Riley's Parrot on Twitter. He's the co-host of the NFL edition of the Evil Mark Show, and he's co-host of File Under Entertainment. He's the hardest working man in podcasting. I present to you the man, the myth, the Wisconsin legend, Jared. Jared, how are you doing? Uh, as stated before earlier in the show, I am. Uh, I've said it. I'm going to come out fucking swinging, Mark. Oh, so you, I, I, I we'll get to the pick order, but yeah, Jared is. Jared is in the in the catbird seat, as they as they call it. Is that right? You're a bird guy. Is it catbird seat? Is that the proper terminology? He takes Jared? offense to that. He doesn't like that. <laughs> I, I don't. Is that I don't is that, know that like what that means? Is that like yeah. your is that your n word for you bird people? Like <laughs> I, I just it's I don't know. Look, I I'm gonna I'm gonna stand out like Helios does, and so it's kind of funny because every time I drive home, if Helios is in the window, I look over and I just see this little dot of orange. I'm like, there he is. I am that main character. That's that's what I'm gonna be doing right now. All right, so he he's gunning for the title. Next up, uh from the podcast file entertainment now entering its third season with a deep dive back into movies the co-host of the thursday evil mark show and frequent contributor to let's play death ray the incomparable golden domer himself eric stevens how are you doing tonight 
I'm doing great, as people have heard for the last hour and a half. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, just really uh, happy to be back here doing another Mock My World and to have Chris involved. It's going to be really cool. I'm looking forward to this. Now, are, are, are you going to call your shot as well? Do you feel like you can you can reliably compete against Chris, even though you're you have a close relationship? You feel like uh, you would, you'd get one over. Do you feel like you're going to ease off your punches here when you make your picks? Uh, no, I'm not going to ease off. No, for sure. Uh, I think I, I came up with a pretty diverse, uh, list and, uh, I feel pretty confident about them. I know not to be overly confident because I've only won one of these things. And I think that was more like a, a pity charity kind of victory. So yeah, <laughs> shut up to you. I, I was not aware there'd be punching in this thing. <laughs> <laughs> the physicality involved is it's a lot. You'll see. Okay, cool. Got it. <laughs> oh, right. So gentlemen, Today's task is drafting a team of the best Super Bowl performances of all time. This can be performances on the field. This can be performances in commercials. This can be performances during halftime shows. I'll be your judge, but I'll tell you if the pick is 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 allowed, as long as it's Super Bowl related, I'm cool with it. Now we draft in serpentine order, and after four rounds, we'll all vote on which contestant has put together the most impressive team, and they will be our champion. So random.org has predetermined the draft order. Uh, Jared will be picking first. Eric, conspiracy theory? Yes, no? Or do you accept that? Do you want that to stop the count? First? Jared's no, going that's, first. That's fine. Okay, not stop the count. Okay, good. I'm more concerned about you because you say that you you know you don't like following Jared in <laughs> things like this. <laughs> I definitely don't. This is definitely, this is random.org. This is karma. Karma is... <laughs> Yeah. Well, at least you don't have to directly follow him. Yeah, I'm. You're directly following me. I'm directly mm-hmm. following him. So yeah, just half the time. Yeah, it's 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 okay. It's all right. I don't mind following. And then you're going to be picking second. I'll be picking third. And then Chris, you will be picking fourth. Uh, this will be a serpentine draft. So we'll go one through four, and then we'll go the other way around. So if you're picking one or four, be prepared because you're going to have back to back picks. It's okay to take your time, but just definitely know if you're picking four. You're going to you want to think in a two ideas, or if you're picking one in the next round, just keep yeah. that in mind. All right. So saying all that, at this time, we are going to start the game. And Jared, you are officially on the clock. Don't worry, Mark. These aren't as harebrained as my musical taste was. Uh, these oh, these were very, very well thought out ideas. So I want you to feel like uh, I'm coming in with the knowledge of an entire Saturday afternoon dedicated to picking out the top Super Bowls that I thought were there. So uh, we'll be the judge of that. Jerry. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so the best Super Bowl performance uh, that I'm actually picking, I call it a Vikings death. This was Super Bowl 11. Now, Bud Grant and his Vikings, like we all know, they basically held the dynasty back in the day. And I'm simply nominating Super Bowl 11 just kind of for the overall performance, just because let's set the scene. It's January 9th, 1977. You're coaching one of the hottest NFC teams back before the merger took or after the merger took place. You know, Green Bay won the two Super Bowls and basically it's been all AFC. You're hired on to the coaching organization 1967 to coach the Super Bowl uh, visiting Vikings, I guess we should call them because of the last four Super Bowls they visited. It was in an eight-year span. This is one of the very first dynasties that you could actually set or look back at and go, wow, this is the first team to actually appear in four Super Bowls. Frank Tarkenton, who just completed the is the NFL passing completion leader out there. He's the You're the number one ranked NFL team playing the number one AFC team. 
but he plays John Madden, a man who would become a legend, a man who was basically born out of a video game franchise, became a coach, who is one of the greatest sports announcers of all time, right next to JR's Bob Costas, you know, Bob Euchre. That's our John Madden. So you're playing John Madden and basically the Super Bowl that makes him. And the reason why I'm choosing this Super Bowl is because it's one of the first times that we see a dynasty die, essentially. The reason why is because he's he's faced all the, the legends, right? You're Don Shula, the Steel Curtain, and John Madden. And you're surprised that the Vikings lost all their four Super Bowls. Knowing this, and we looking back and we look back on it, the Vikings of 1977 were an old Norse telling, right? Every warrior hopes to Ooh. and prays to die in battle at the hands of a legend. The Steel Curtain, Don Shula, and of course, John Madden and his Oakland Raiders were just one hell of a team to die to. Because if you look at it, the Vikings have literally never come close again. So to watch the death of a dynasty, that's why I think Super Bowl Eleven was such a great Super Bowl in and of itself. I, I, Eric, I told you. I told you. See? Yeah, he, he did. He came he out did. swinging and ready he to play. Yeah. Yeah. My God! Wow! Just uh, I like your reasoning. I, I think at, I think of, when I think of my own team composition, I'm like I definitely want a good game. You want a good game, and you want a good story. That's that might be the best story of the game uh, of a game when it comes to Super Bowl history. Yeah, I'm giving him props for that, Chris. What do you think about his pick? Number one overall. Remember, he could pick anything, and he goes uh, Vikings death Super Bowl eleven. I, I'm actually really surprised you went with such an older Super Bowl um, because we're we're not of that age, right? And to be able to speak to it, I, I, you know, like I can't intelligently speak to Fran Tarkington because I wasn't around back then, right? But being a Bears fan, uh, anytime the pack, anytime the Packers or the Vikings lose, sign me up, man. So, so I think that was a solid pick. Um, it's, it's one that I don't think anybody else probably had on their list. So, um, you know, that's, that it's starting off with a deep dive. Yeah. Well, Eric, Eric, you pick next. I pick after you, like in my mind, there, there was a clear number one here in my mind. There's a clear number one. There's only been one pick Mark. I know, but so it's already slid down the board. This is like, uh, this is like, uh, this is like taking, being able to pick Jordan. Well, it's probably going to fall to you, honestly, because I I doubt very highly that I I picked the one Ooh. that you are thinking of. Okay, but then let let me give you the sound. So, with the second pick overall, Eric, who is your pick for best Super Bowl performance? Uh, I'm going to go with uh, Super Bowl XXVII. It was the Dallas Cowboys 52, Buffalo Bills 17. It was the first one that I really remember and was uh, invested in because my dad was uh, a lifelong Cowboys fan. So this game was absolutely immense for him. Um, being the first time of the, the Cowboys going back to the Super Bowl after a bunch of years of just, you know, fertility. Uh, and I just remember like that joy and elation. And I was an Oilers fan around this time, like it partly just to be contrarian and defy my dad. But I also really liked Warren Moon and Ernest Givens and that the run and shoot offense and everything like that. So um, this game, the Super Bowl, I was actually able to watch and enjoy with him. So that was a nice shared moment because I, I didn't have a whole lot of, you know, real great great times but it is made slightly better because the bills had beaten the oilers in that massive comeback which was this very playoffs so it was 
part, it was nice to have that kind of like proxy revenge against them and see my dad kind of actually happy for once uh, in a sporting event. And so for the game itself, it was a drubbing. It, it was probably most recognized by Don Beebe sprinting 60 plus yards to strip the ball from Leon Lett to prevent yet another Cowboys touchdown, which would just put more salt in the wound. Uh, Garth Brooks sang the national anthem, although he had to be coaxed back to the stadium to do it because he had a dispute with NBC about a video that he wanted to run in tandem. Uh, and they were going to have John Bon Jovi fill in instead, but uh, Brooks ended up doing it. And uh, Michael Jackson ended up doing the halftime performance. And it's still, according to the Wikipedia anyway, it's still the most uh, watched Super Bowl halftime show of all time. So I'm going with that. Oh, see, I thought there was a clear number one here. And I, I, I think it was, uh, I'm not going to make my pick yet, but I, I think there was a clear number one. I think David would agree with me. It, it, I know David would agree with me, but thoughts on this pick. I like it. I remember that Super Bowl very clearly. I really started following like two years before that was when I really, really became an NFL fan. Uh, Chris, let me turn it over to you first. Give me your thoughts on this pick. Every time I think of any one of these run of four Super Bowls that the Bills were in, um, it brings back some some weird memories because again, I grew up loving the the Bears and Dolphins, and so like I always never I I never cared for the the Bills. But as you think of this team, like four going four years in a row and losing, and then they just that and that one that you're referring to, they just got drummed by Dallas, so fifty two to seventeen. So like that was just an absolute pounding. Um, that Dallas team was just incredible. I remember that Super Bowl, um, and yeah, that, that was a that was a fun one because that's when I, you know, that was '93, so I was 13. So that's, that's when I was really starting to get into the NFL and sports in general, and I could make up my own mind about what I liked. Um, yeah, that was uh, that's a good pick. Thank you. Yeah, I I, I love that pick, but I'm I'm also. A good reason why I love that pick is because uh, it opens up the next one to me. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm going to put myself on the clock here. And uh, I did not think it would be available at three. Um, David talked about it on Discord. And I totally agreed with him at the time, totally tipping my hand, hoping that I would I would have picked one or two. Here at three, this is an absolute steal. I'm going to go with the Katy Perry halftime oh, show. Oh, Jake. Jake said it. He'd be Jake said it. Very, oh, I'm sorry. He said he'd be very mad if someone didn't bring it up. So yes, I, I, that is definitely the one I'm going to go with. That would be the uh, uh, the one here in Glendale, Arizona. Uh, that was uh, with uh, Katy Perry, Left Shark, Right Shark. It became a cultural phenomenon. Like when you think about halftime shows, you usually think of there is one better halftime show out there that I'm going to be surprised doesn't get, if it doesn't get picked, but there is one better halftime show musically, but just entertainment wise, Katy Perry checked all the boxes and the, the sharks dancing. I'm totally sold. I'm going with the Katy Perry uh, Pepsi halftime show with sharks. Eric, give me your opinion. Mm -hmm. Give me your thoughts. What was the game? <laughs> because I, does anyone even remember the, the game? I think everybody no. just remembers Left Shark. And uh, like, uh, yeah, like you said, it was just like this huge like thing in society, like all the memes that kind of like, just like grew just from that. And it was like this huge moment that everybody was talking about, but only that moment, like no one gave a sh shit about the game. Like I'm legitimately asking what game was that? Cause I don't even it remember. It was uh, Patriot Seahawks where that's right. Uh, okay. Yeah. 
the infamous uh he didn't give it uh he didn't run the ball (laughs) okay all right yeah now that's uh a really good that was was not a great halftime that's a great halftime i well i was like trying to like encapsulate everything i was going with the game and then who was the halftime and like what were the ads that was running like trying to take everything as a package i wasn't like going just specific moments like that uh i was trying to kind of parlay everything together i guess Mm. uh jared give me your thoughts on my pick do you like it and i don't like it uh, I don't like it. There's oh. a there's a saying on on one of my funny websites that I got to is like, oh, did they Pepsi? Meaning, did they die? Right? <laughs> and you know, like it, it was it was a cool flash in the pan moment for Katy Perry because like I do remember seeing the highlights where she rode out on that like stunning lion made out of like origami metal and you know with Lenny Kravitz and it was just a huge festival and the phenomena of Left Shark. But I was just like, yeah, but like that's cool and all. But the game was way better. You know, that last second, <laughs> did you didn't why didn't they give the ball to beast mode? Yep. You know, and the Patriots. So I I mean, I, I give you a, a golf clap for it, Mark. I'll give you a golf clap for it. <laughs> I, I think there are way better halftime shows out there discounting the whole Justin Timberlake, you know, edgelord kind of bullshit that uh that didn't fare well for me the last time I played this game. <laughs> so I, I again golf clap, brother, golf clap. Uh Chris, I what think are your thoughts? Yeah, this is one of the the first Super Bowls for me that I, I felt like a team lost it rather than another team won. Right? Seattle clearly made the wrong choice down there on the on the um what three yard line, two yard line, not giving it to Marshawn. I, I heard a, a recent interview with Pete Carroll talking about that play. Him and um Sherman were on, on one of his podcasts or whatever, and they had already they had a uh, a package of of uh, plays and most all of them were were pass because they needed to run at least one pass to milk the clock down to where they needed it to be so they were going to throw the ball at some point and that was like one of their most successful ones it just so happened that it didn't work out right russell wilson and um you know we can all say they should have done that but they would have if they would have scored they would have given the ball back over uh, with a with a ton of time left, and it probably it might not have worked out. So they had to they had to um they had to stop the clock a little bit for time management. Um, and it obviously didn't work. But uh, but yeah, I, and also I mean the thing about Katy Perry, I I, I remember that a little bit, but I, I, to me the game was the most shocking part which is one of the, the <laughs> weirder things too right um least recently because the halftime shows have been so either outrageous or terrible that's what i remember the most but that game was what i remember the most is seattle just pooping the bed on it Ooh, yeah there, there's one other perform halftime performance that i think might get some play but uh it's actually it's this is up you got two turns here in a row here at the end of the first round and the second round let's get to the fourth pick overall first time on mock my world we love to have you here give us your number four pick so my number four pick again i I mentioned this before but i'm a bears fan so to me it was the 2007 um bears versus um colts for many reasons uh i am a huge um bears fan so like that was the first time that a bears 
team was great. I, I say great with a very big asterisk <laughs> because they weren't great, but they went to the Super Bowl um, with high expectations of beating the t- an Indianapolis team that wasn't quite frankly that good. Um, and Devin Hester running the kickoff back. I mean, the, the initial kick as for a touchdown, like that's the most exciting uh, section of a, a Super Bowl for me that I ever had. Like that was insane. And then they obviously lost the game. So that was the heartbreak of it. But for me, that entire Super Bowl, the joy of it is Prince, the halftime show. That is the greatest halftime show of any of them. That Hands down, I watched it again today. And I actually watch it fairly regularly because it's 100% live. It was raining out. Um, so like there was this fear of him being electrocuted the entire time as he's actually playing guitar, <laughs> singing um, live, which most Super Bowls are not live. It's limp sync. It's garbage. It's stupid. Um, this one was 100% live. The guitar tone that he had was just amazing. It, it, that was actually better than the game itself. Um, so there's good and bad in it. But like to me, it is all about that halftime with with prince it's just perfect well I, i'm gonna weigh in first because like i those moments definitely suck at the hester one he totally reminded me i reminded me of that i thought i just remembered how cool that was I'm, I'm thinking back on it now and then yeah that was the one halftime show that i thought was like the best one that that was still out there in my mind what, what i said earlier would be prince purple rain in the rain just this might be the be- best pick in the first round jared what are your thoughts I remember when I told my aunt Rosa, uh, who had since passed away because she lived the party hard lifestyle. She heard I loved heavy metal. She heard I loved metal. And for my birthday, she gave me a Prince CD. Right. And I was like, I I didn't want to break Aunt Rosa's heart. And I was like, Aunt Rosa, this is not metal, but I appreciate you. I love you. Um, And I've seen concert where where they've played live in the rain. And I'm not a big fan of halftime shows, but I have seen that one. And I thought that was dope as hell. So I shout out Chris for that. Absolutely. Great pick. Eric. I'm kind of surprised actually that he went with that one because I, I thought if anything, it would be another uh, Bears selection. I don't want to. Say his I, I, that's what I thought. As soon as he said Bears and he mentioned the Bears before, I'm like, okay, I know where we're going. We're either going to go with the song or we're going to take the whole, you know, take the whole year. Like the song alone is great. But yeah, I, I'm thinking that and it doesn't go there. Yeah, I mean, because like growing up in the Chicagoland area, like we're constantly just inundated with talk of the 85 Bears. And I just like I was too young to really care about that game. So actually, um, Chris kind of stole one of my picks. This was one that I had on my list because um, I I watched that with like my my father-in-law, who was a huge kind of Bears fan. And so that was just like great to see him just like (laughs) just lose all hope while uh, Peyton Manning (laughs) was just uh, just destroying them and obviously the the score line doesn't really suggest that you know 29 to 17 isn't like the, a huge blowout but uh, according to manning uh, he was saying that he was confident that the colts quote could have scored 70 that game so wow i only wish that they did like uh, yeah and i also <laughs> had mentioned that uh that prince performed at halftime it was just uh, absolutely incredible billy joel sang the national anthem oh uh, yes uh, there was a, the Taco Bell uh, ad that was the carne asada, like all the the lions. That was just uh, really cool. So, yeah, good pick there. 
Chris, because I have to say it because it was on my list too. So, yeah, I, I, well, you, you knocked it out of the park. Your first pick on Mock My World. Here is your second pick on Mock My World. The, with the first pick in the second round, Chris, do you have more magic? I, I do, and so you guys that already you guys already stole the thunder, but the eighty-five bears. You know, <laughs> I mean, th- this would have been my first pick had I gone in another. If I'd have gone first, second, or third, right? Because I knew that I wasn't going to get back to it. But because I knew that I had two picks in a row, um, I wanted to talk about this one second because this is the one that Eric mentioned it. Like, if you grew up anywhere near Chicago, these people are still worshipped. Like, all of the 85 Bears. Um, In fact, I just saw... uh, uh, at my my church, uh, Mike Singletary came and gave like a big speech about you know, faith and, uh, you know, like hope and like persistence through bad stuff. And so like growing up, I idolized these guys. All of them were huge heroes. Um, the, the balls on this team to have the Super Bowl shuffle recorded <laughs> with seven weeks left to go in the season was it was insane. Um. And, you know, he had mentioned, and I'd never heard this before, but that was like the catalyst for them uh, taking stuff kind of serious because they knew that if they created something called the Super Bowl shuffle and didn't make it to the Super Bowl, (laughs) they were going to be lampooned. Um, And I just, I find that just really, really... um, amazing that an entire team had that much balls to do something <laughs> like that. <laughs> That's but, No, good. I was going to say that there's a, I, I was going to mention it, but that's another really good pick that I think is out there that I might want to pick up. There's the, the, the ballsiest move or what everyone considers the ballsiest move. You're right. Doesn't even compare to getting some guys in to film a disco video. called yeah. The Super Bowl shuffle. Yeah, that's you're, you're right. That is a major cojones, man. You, you're, you're killing it. I and here's another. And here's another fact too. They lost. They they were up for a Grammy for the Super Bowl Shuffle. For the Super Bowl Shuffle. They did. Yeah, they were up for a, a Grammy and lost to Prince. So that ties <laughs> wow. me back to my previous pick. That's pretty cool. But to me, again, if you're talking about the Super Bowl, you're talking about great teams. Sometimes, this is the greatest team to ever play. Period. Hands. I'll fight anybody on that. Now, did they play the greatest? in that game and i would say no and they still destroyed the new england patriots peyton was a at that point was a ghost of what what he was previous they barely even used him he had like 30 some yards in the game it was like very very little production out of the the greatest to me the greatest running back to ever play um there was a lot of you know a lot of brazen you know um attitude on on that uh, that entire performance and so when I when I think of Super Bowls, you think of domination, and there's no other team that dominated like the, the '85 Chicago Bears, period. And they still walk around like legends, and and <laughs> rightfully so. There, there's been another, there has not been another team like them, uh, and I don't I don't know that there will be. Jared, let me throw it over to you. Get your reaction. This is these are I, I got to say I'll, I'll say it first. Like we obviously have a a tiger woods on a Sunday. We have a, 
we have uh, we have a team. We have a guy on the leaderboard here. I think the rest of us are chasing. But maybe you disagree. How do you feel about that pick? I dis so. Mm, Jerry doesn't I, like it. Well, I don't like it because when, when See, I know just, Eric's gonna love it. But I, I when we blanket so we blanket statement the eighty five bears right. We, we talk about everything that's going on. Um, you know, as as of recently, we've been talking about very specific parts of the Super Bowl that really stand out. And this one is just kind of like 85 bears. Well, yeah, no shit. This is always like those Michael Jordan games or those, you know, those those big Larry Bird moments where you're like, well, yeah, of course, the goats of all time. Uh, these are that's the cheesy pick, in my opinion. Wow. Mm. Eric. I thought it was really smart of Chris. Like he said, that there was actually some strategy involved in there for the, his first mock my world. And he's already kind of like out us <laughs> because he knew that he had the back-to-back pick. So he can kind of like sandbag that one. Like the 85 bears is the, the first pick in round two. Like that's just kind of unheard of. That's just like a, a really good strategy on his part. And uh, yeah, it's a, it's a good one. Just such a huge cast of characters. Like he said, they, they still live like even you know like brian urlacher like never did shit while, while he was here and he's like loved he's got his face plastered up on every billboard in the chicagoland area like chicago <laughs> if nothing else like we love our, our sports figures you know even if they don't do anything so for a team like the 85 bears that did win it all like oh yeah for sure like like chris mentioned like they never have to buy another beer again like mcmahon mm-hmm. peyton you know well I mean, peyton well, can't I, have a beer but single right. so <laughs> That maybe it's maybe it's too many bears for our Packers fan, but let's let's move on to our next pick. So with the the sixth pick overall, our second pick in the in the second round, that goes to me. Uh, so I'm putting together my team. I'm thinking I need it. In my mind, I need a halftime show, and now I need a game. I need a Super Bowl to point to. And even though I don't like these guys, I've never liked them. I, I trash them every chance I get. But this was one of their all time Super Bowls. Super Bowl Fifty One. With the New England Patriots 34, Atlanta Falcons 28. This is the infamous uh, Tom Brady leading the team back. Uh, 19 unanswered points in uh, in the fourth quarter, uh, winning in overtime. Unbelievable game, unbelievable Super Bowl. Uh, I remember I was in Colorado at the time when this one was was on, and th- there was a time there where it was getting so rowdy during that first quarter that the TVs were shut off. So it was, and then we got them brought back on, and it was. It was literally mayhem there, and that game was was literally mayhem. Probably one of the best Super Bowls I've ever seen. Um, Tom Brady just do not like the guy, but outside of his mind, I've never seen a team come back from such a huge deficit. Uh, All time game. I, we always talk about it. He, he, this is a common uh, phrase in amongst Reddit college football against football users is getting Atlanta Falcon just coming apart in the fourth quarter, getting completely destroyed when you should win. Um, yeah, it's the shorthand for, for basically fucking taking your pants at the last possible moment. Just one of the greatest Super Bowls. I'm going to throw it over to you, Eric. Let me get your reaction to this one. Super Bowl 51. Yeah. Uh, uh, just phenomenal pick. I already made mention about my thoughts on Brady, you know, Michigan man also, you know, was a Patriots fan when uh, Drew Bledsoe was there and, you know, Brady took over for Bledsoe and it was never the same. And obviously, you know, history was written. So uh, I've always got a thorn in my side for Brady, but just like, I mean, even I, a guy that, you know, doesn't like him can still respect that. Obviously, you know, just what an, what a legend and just, 
to take the team on his back and uh, to come all the way back when they were dead in the water. I mean, that was just, that was a, a laughable joke. There was, you know, their tombstone was already etched and planted in the ground and they just bulldozed the shit out of it. I mean, it was a crazy phenomenal performance in, uh, in game. And even though I, you know, wasn't a huge fan of the result, like it was still entertaining as hell to watch. So, um, Chris, let me throw it to you. What was your thought on that pick? Yeah, I mean, to me, like this was a, obviously it was a tale of two halves, right? Like the first half uh, was, um, for me, really boring. Like it, like the New England Panthers just got pantsed, and I turned it off and kind of did my own thing after that because New England at that point was, and they've ne- they were never never the never this offensive juggernaut, and so when halftime when they were getting destroyed, I thought there's no way they're coming back because they're they're not capable of scoring that many points. And and I don't know what they did at halftime, but they came back out and just just ripped and uh it ended up being a really I think impactful uh game for Brady. Obviously he that's the one that he became, I think to me, the GOAT. Um so that was kind of an emergence or I don't know, maybe a, a declaration that that's what he was going forward. Um, so that was an important Super Bowl. But for me, it was just I only watched a portion of it because I thought it was just super boring at first. Because like, even in the first half, like Atlanta was up and whatever, but it, there wasn't anything exciting going on. So, yeah, it was kind of it was a weird one. It was a mixed bag for me. Jared, what they did was deflated all the balls, apparently. Right, exactly. There you go. <laughs> they cheated. Wow. Uh, Jared, let me throw it to you. What's your, what's your thought on that pick? Actually, actually, I I liked, I love that pick because I literally did what Chris did. I think I was semi-paying attention. Uh, found out it was like 21 to 3 at the half. And then I remember Matt Ryan threw the next touchdown to make it 28 to 3. And I was like, all right, uh, I'm going to go back to actually playing Call of Duty now <laughs> and not paying attention to this game. And then the next day I went to work and they're like, did you hear what happened? And I was like, no, what? Did the, the Falcons destroy them again? No, they came back and won. I was like, wait, what? <laughs> so I had a, a YouTube video to watch when I got home, but I, I, I like that pick a lot. It's It was a, a good tailspin. All right, Eric moves to your next pick here. Seventh overall, uh, third in the second round. Who do you got here in the second round for you? I think this is going to be another shocker. I went with uh, Super Bowl XLIV. This is the New Orleans Saints 31, Indianapolis Colts 17. Uh, call me the sucker, I guess. Uh, maybe I was wrapped up like so many others, kind of fooled by the, the script writers, quote unquote, to give the city of New Orleans something to cheer about after the debacle of Katrina. And I shouldn't have liked uh, or liked Drew Brees, like he's from Purdue. Like Reggie Bush was a Trojan and the root cause of one of the most like viscerally remembered plays against Notre Dame in their storied history. Sean Payton, despite kind of looking like Frankie Muniz from Malcolm in the Middle, turns out not really not really a likable guy. But damn it, there was just something about that team. Uh, the Saints came on really late in the game. They scored 18 unanswered points to secure the win. Uh, capitalized, just punctuated really by a 74-yard interception return for a touchdown to seal it. Uh, Bare Naked Ladies, they played the Super uh, Super Bowl Saturday night event with OAR, Queen Latifah sang America the Beautiful, Carrie Underwood sang Star Spangled Banners, and The Who performed at halftime. 
There was a, a Snickers commercial that featured Betty White and Abe Vigoda playing full contact backyard football. Mm-hmm. I think it was kind of like the the first time it's like you're not you when you're hungry, like that kind of like a uh, marketing kind of ploy by by Snickers. And it was just like, really funny on top of like just a, a feel good kind of story for the Saints as well. And uh, just, yeah, really cool. So that's what I went with. Hmm. Jared, I'm going to throw it to you first. I remember that storyline of Katrina <laughs> ripping through and the Saints going to the, like, cause the first, so the very first game that the Saints played back at their stadium after Katrina was, I, I think it was like a return for a touchdown or like they scored the first points in, in the stadium. Um, like if you want to write that Hallmark sad sap movie, right? Like this is how you do it football style. I think that if like, if they didn't win that year, I would have been like, how do you not have feels, right? Like, how do you not have the capacity to be an actual human being and recover like that, right? I think that was a huge victory for not only New Orleans, but basically America. Wow. Well, okay, I'll be... All right, well, I'll wait to piss in the punch. Chris? I have absolutely no recollection of this Super Bowl whatsoever. (laughs) (laughs) Therefore, I have no thoughts. (laughs) Uh, me yeah looking I, good I, looking good I I, <laughs> I I hate this super bowl it's <laughs> so played out it is terrible <laughs> you have you, everything you mentioned purdue usc connections you got sean payton the noted uh crossing the picket line scab uh you got new orleans which is like a whole entire political mess and a mess in itself because of poor planning and it's just in every it's the most depressing Super Bowl. <laughs> Actually, you're breaking the dam on me, Mark. <laughs> yes, you're pouring yeah, the Katrina oh. water all over my pick. Here. Oh gosh, now you remind me of that that documentary by Spike Lee when the levees break. Yeah, I mean it's just all terrible. <laughs> it's, and then what did we get? We got Treme. Like we got nothing. No goodness. No good came out of this. That whole thing. It, it's just all terrible and sad, and we should blot it out of our mind. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, not a fan. <laughs> Okay, so I can uh, count on your vote. Cool, I got it. <laughs> I like your other pick. Your other pick was really I, I like that one. I got it, but I have some favorites before we're, we're coming here to the home stretch. Because Jared, you got the next pick, but start us off with just one here. Your second pick in the second round. You are going to win. Who do you got here? You got back to back picks. Who do you got here in this last spot in the second round? I got Super Bowl twenty nine. I call this, are we playing on pro question mark uh, for Madden? The reason why I chose this Super Bowl is because I think even the casuals can enjoy something like this. This is the highest scoring Super Bowl ever with 75 points. I mean, let's face it. We all love playing John Madden, you know, Madden football and scoring a ton of points. Every fan loves watching their team play and play well, scoring a ton, ton of points, even casual fans. And I, I can maybe attest this to the Swifties out there, like watching their man, Travis Swift, uh, sorry, Travis Kelsey and the Chiefs score a ton of points as well, too. Like, I mean, how many of you guys have watched a football game that even with two teams you didn't like, but there was a ton of scoring like this is awesome. Right. And so as an FC fan myself, if the Packers aren't in it, I got to root for the NFC team. And uh, even when it comes to the Pro Bowl, I-, I hope the NFC wins unless it's the Bills or the Bengals. But this Super Bowl had the most eyes on it because it just had a huge draw for a lot of the casuals. Right. Two well, very was, scoring. Who what, was it, Jared? Yeah, who, who were it? the teams and what was the score? Can you fucking like let me get through my thing? Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> I, I I told you I dedicated an entire afternoon to this, right? <laughs> All right. 
they're 21 points in the first half, 17 in the second, 22 in the third, and then 15 in the final quarter. This was uh, Super Bowl 29 for those of us who don't know. All right. I may have forgot to put it in there, uh, but this was the <laughs> the Chargers versus uh, the 49ers. Shut up. Shut up. <laughs> yeah, I, I had this whole little write up about all the, the shit out there and then you guys just pooped on it. So thank you. But yeah, it's just I, I put it down because like literally everyone could have enjoyed this right from the casuals to just even the diehard fans. It's just the highest scoring NFL game. This is Natron means I remember that San Diego team. Mm-hmm. This is like Chris, like this is one that I think I blotted out of my mind. I don't even like you said Chargers, and I was like, no, he has to be wrong. I don't think the Chargers have been in the Super Bowl like since I've <laughs> yeah. been alive. Like right. <laughs> totally, yeah. Chargers, 49ers. Chris, I'm gonna turn it over to you. What, what do you think about that? This pick? Yeah, I've got I got nothing. Uh, I don't have anything. I know that San Francisco and San Diego are two California cities, and that's all I got. <laughs> Eric, Eric, I gotta, I, I gotta think that maybe you're feeling the same. And Jared came out swinging, and it looks like he's like a Mike Tyson type. It looks like he might have ran out of a little steam here. What do you think? Yeah, he's he's more Buster Douglas now. I think. Oh, yeah. hell! <laughs> uh, find me in the parking lot. <laughs> he said, "Meet me outside." <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. It's kind of. What do you think about the pick, though, Eric? Yeah, falls flat. Yeah, yeah. He started super strong. And yeah, that one kind of just, well, I mean, I guess we all have to have a dud. And I guess that's his. Yeah, well, let's see. <laughs> Maybe is he going to go back to back or is he, he going to be able to bring it home? Is he going to re- totally redeem himself in this moment? Jared, with the first pick in the third round, who is your pick for best Super Bowl performance? Super Bowl 32, Packers versus Broncos, right? Now, I want you guys to close your eyes. It's January 25th, 1998. Russell Wilson is 10 years old at the time. He's probably <laughs> laying in line at Subway. He's looking at the menu and wondering if the sandwich artist can make his danger witch, right? Are you going to spoon it with him? Does he even know what all that means? But 2,100 miles away, John Elway takes on the, the Packers. The sole reason why I chose this is because of his performance, right? It's third down in the third quarter. Broncos are up 17 to 13. The ball's in the 12. Elway scrambles into the pocket and he tucks the ball, diving head first into three white Green Bay Packer jerseys. Now, this is the NFL of old, if you remember way back in those days where they actually ended up spinning him 180 and they laid one hell of a hit by three Packers on a very aged 37 year old quarterback. And around that time, most quarterbacks were on the average of 30 years old. And this was right before he retired after beating the Falcons the next season. But the the sheer want to just push that extra mile to beat a Green Bay team they were inevitably going to beat, to, to be honest with you, that's what spits in my mind as one of the greatest performance by an athlete in a game. Because if you look at his career up into that point, Elway had been with the Broncos since 1983. They'd been to the Super Bowl three times. They were handed their ass all three times and it had been eight years since his last appearance. And with a quarterback who at that time was at 16 years into the tenure, he fought like a demon to fight that and win that Super Bowl with uh, against the against the Packers. And I, I just feel like that's why he he gets the you know the nod for this because he wanted that Super Bowl. He didn't know if he was going to be able to come back again, you know. At, at the age of 37. 
Well, I'll be the first one to give us some feedback. I, I love this pick. Uh, the the old man, John Elway. What did we, didn't we just talk about this like two or three weeks ago, uh, Eric, mm-hmm. the, the wistful Kevin Costner. I, yes. I like the wistful John Elway there at the end, you know, this back to back Super Bowl. Terrell Owens does most of the work, but he gets to have a good game. It's kind of like when Peyton Manning won that final Super Bowl with Denver. Like he got that little peace of mind, like, yeah, he could do it somewhere else. And he's, he's great. And, it's not sad, even though he can barely throw the ball down the field. Like it, it was a good send off. And I remember the end of that game six, the most out in my mind where it was already known he was going to retire. There wasn't like a whole will he or won't they, it was like pretty clear. Like this is going to be his last game if they want it. And uh, it was kind of like a storybook ending. I, I love this pick. Uh, Eric, give me your thoughts. Yeah, he did end up redeeming himself. This was a really good pick. Uh, I especially like it when, you know, obviously, Jared's a fan of the Packers. And so when he can kind of look past that for past the result of his team losing in the Super Bowl and still give credit to the guy, I mean, I, I think that uh, that says that says a lot, shows a lot of heart. And um, I, I like that pick. So you redeemed yourself, Jared. Good job. It's a good it's a good pick. I don't know if it's full redemption. Chris, what did you think about that pick? Yeah. So anytime the, the, the Packers lose, I'm uh, sign me up. Um, but on the flip side with Elway, so I grew up a huge Dan Marino fan, still my favorite football player of all time. So I never really liked Elway all that much. Um, because I I just never, I never liked the Broncos, but I always thought that Elway always had better teams and I was jealous of him because Miami had struggled there for a long, long time. Um, and Dan never won a Super Bowl. So I was always jealous. So I never wanted to see LA do well. But those two years that they went back to back, because they, this wasn't LA's last year, is the year after that, is the last year against yep. was it, was it Atlanta. So, um, oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. And I remember that Super Bowl. I got another story about that one. That's another, another later time, uh, not one of my picks, but, um, yeah, so like this this Super Bowl uh again, I never liked the Packers, but I always liked Brett Favre because I was jealous of him too, right? So these two quarterbacks I was jealous of because one, you know, obviously the Dan Reno comparison and also, you know, Favre was just awesome. Just an absolute beast. So um this was a fun Super Bowl. Um and again, whoever lost, I was happy with. It just happened to be Packers, so yeah. Tamborino should die of gonorrhea and rotten hell. Laces <laughs> <laughs> out. Laces yeah. out. Eric. Yeah. Final thoughts on this one? No, you, you had already went to me oh, with this one. You sorry, I said sorry. He, he redeemed himself. Yeah. He redeemed himself. I, I I like this one. I like this one. Uh Eric, you have the next pick here in the third round. You you've already had the Cowboys, Buffalo Bills. Uh, you had Saints, Colts. In in my mind, you're th- th- this is your 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 Buffalo billing this this draft uh, here, <laughs> right? Well, we'll see. Yeah, this this might be another one because this is another kind of like a obscure pick. I think probably like I think it's probably on lists uh, of not the most popular Super Bowls, but it kind of was for me for a very specific reason. So, uh, Super Bowl XXV. I'm sorry, XXXV. This was the Ravens 34 and the New York Giants 7. 
it was the first time that I ever participated in a Super Bowl squares pool. And I had uh, the number zero, zero. So uh, the Ravens were leading 10 to nothing at the half. And that earned me a thousand dollars. It's still the highest amount nice. that I've, that I've ever won wow. on a sporting event. Uh, I, I got to feel like a, a, a true degenerate gamble for the first and really the only time. I mean, not giving a single solitary shit about the teams of the outcome, just wanting my numbers to pay off. And they did. And it was just a phenomenal feeling. I guess in hindsight, like the touchdowns on three consecutive plays in 36 seconds, that's pretty cool. The Ravens uh, returned an interception, 49 yards for a touchdown. And the Giants, Ron Dixon, had a 97-yard kickoff return touchdown. And then the Ravens, Jermaine Lewis, had an 84-yard kickoff return touchdown. Uh, it was the first time in history that two kickoffs were returned for touchdowns in the same Super Bowl. And on back-to-back kickoffs, which is pretty new, uh, neat, still uh, kind of a, uh, a cool kind of footnote in an otherwise unremarkable Super Bowl, I guess. Ray Charles performed America the Beautiful, oh. the, the Backstreet Boys, sang the national anthem. And the halftime show was titled The Kings of Rock and Pop. It was headlined by Aerosmith and NSYNC, and they duetted. It also had additional appearances by Britney Spears, Nelly, and Mary J. Blige. So Super Bowl <laughs> XXXV. Wow. And, and also that halftime show had i don't know if you you've watched it but i watched it again today because this one this one was on one of my lists it had ben stiller and adam sandler and chris rock doing like this intro with aerosmith and in sync uh, in the locker room to kind of like this hype video that was really funny <laughs> gosh you know now like when I think of that Super Bowl, I just think of that. I think of Ray Lewis and that that Ravens defense. But now they were you brought all this up, Eric. I'm like, yeah, you know that was a good Super Bowl. It, it's the the bad thing in my mind is, man, the Giants just did not have it. They did not show up to play, and that they were just outclassed by uh, by the Ravens. It, it's a shame that all that other great stuff around that game didn't translate on the field. I mean, there were some great plays, but man, just the Giants didn't show up. If only the yeah. Giants had shown up to the Super Bowl. Every single one of their offensive uh, sequences ended with a, a punt or a turnover. Every single one. Like, yeah, their only score was like that kickoff return for a touchdown. So uh, just Jer- Jared, what were your thoughts on this? one? I'm trying to figure out why he picked it. Was it for the thousand dollars or was it because the Ravens just utterly shattered? I think it's for everything. Giants. You get a great, you get a great halftime show. You, you get, you get, uh, he wins money, his own personal money. And you get a, a, a you know a high scoring game with some good plays. I I can see it. I mean it's 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 a reach, but I like it's it. A, it's I a, like it's it. a very like if we're picking a, the greatest suit, like it's it's a it's a blanket statement to cover everything. And I I I see the merit of winning thousand dollars. It's nice. I see a merit of the Ravens just utterly destroying the Giants. Which not gonna lie, I hate the Giants for some ungodly reason. I don't know why, <laughs> but like I don't know. It it feels. I, I wish you would have just stuck at I won a thousand dollars because the Ravens scored a bunch of points at the beginning, and that's why I picked it. it was great. Okay, uh, odd reasoning, odd reasoning. Okay, but <laughs> reasoning nonetheless. Uh, <laughs> let me get to uh, my second to last pick, the eleventh overall pick. All right, I'm, I'm kind of surprised because we it was any kind of performances, and I did mention commercials. We've talked about halftime shows. Uh, I, in my mind, the way I'm composing my team is I, I got a game, I got a halftime show. It can't be the Super Bowl without a Super Bowl commercial. That's why I'm taking 
Terry Tate office linebacker here. Nice. Uh, when you think about great Super Bowl commercials, there's the funny ones, but there's none that quite combine the actual sport of what you're watching with comedy more than Terry Tate office linebacker. Uh, Chris, I'm going to throw it to you since you commented. Uh, give me your thoughts on, on this pick right here, picking up a Super Bowl commercial here in the third round. I mean, what a, I mean, that's one of the most memorable commercials for me. Um, and it's been a couple of years since I've seen the commercial itself, but I've seen it a hundred times. Just, just amazing. What I, I can't remember what Super Bowl was that one. Oh my gosh! Uh, let me think, or let me look up the thing. You know what? I don't have it. It was two thousand two <laughs> for Super Bowl thirty seven. Thirty seven. Yep. Okay. No, I mean that's a. If you go in commercials, I mean that's that's certainly one of the most recognizable ones. Yeah, I think there's some there's some more popular ones. There's like the Apple one. I mean, more historically known ones, but I, I for ones that people actually remembered, enjoyed, like the Apple one's pretty great and iconic. But like, no was that won. actually a Super Bowl commercial? The that Apple, the, the throwing or, the hammer through yeah. the 1980. Yeah, that was a Super Bowl commercial. Okay, mm. which is a, oh, now I'm giving that's another example that's out there. I think it's more <laughs> iconic though, but I don't think it's really good. I, I think it's it's been so long. I don't think that resonates with people uh but uh uh jared did i get your opinion on this no you didn't uh, okay jared but give as, me your soon, thoughts. as soon as you said it i remembered exactly the commercial you were talking about and it the espn spinoff that they did later on right about like somebody just getting tackled in the office i think this was my first official time that I could actually l- look at a commercial and go, this was good. This was awesome. I love this. And ev- I love everything about this pick. Hmm. Eric. Yeah. Anything that uh, like, like Jared just mentioned, I mean, it, it kind of spawned a lot of uh, like copycats and like parodies and uh, just things to kind of harken back to the original and nothing beats the original. So yeah, it's a, it's a good selection. It's I, yeah. Like uh, older, a little bit more obscure. So I think like every, everyone has like a more obscure kind of pick in, in their handbag, but uh, you know, this was a good pull. So we're, we, the, we, the teams are starting to firm up here. Uh, we're, we're going to get into the last pick of the third round and the first pick of the fourth round. So Chris, you're picking back to back here. Uh, teams are starting to form. We're starting to see some trends in my mind. You're the leader in the clubhouse. A really great pick uh, uh, at number four. Don't uh, Atlanta Falcon it here. At great. Yeah. At, <laughs> great at five. You've gone heavy. <laughs> ba- you've gone heavy bears. You're, you're a lot of bears bear. now. That's the, yeah. that, okay. I, I, I went too deep and that's it. That's all I did. No, <laughs> no more bears. Cause there are no, no more, more bears. bears. There's no more bears. Yeah. So for, to me, uh, this is my second f- favorite team of the recent, uh, recent memory lived in Kansas city for 10 years. Uh, was, did not grow up a chiefs fan. Um, but when you live in Kansas city, you, un- you kind of get it. Like that, that city pulses with its sports teams and their sports teams have not always been that good, but when they are, there's nothing like, uh, I don't know, the, the, the wave of, of fandom. And so for me, uh, Super Bowl, Super Bowl LIV in, in 2020, LIV is also the name of my daughter Liv. So like that. She always thought the Super Bowl was for her. She's like, "Oh my gosh, that's my that's my that's my my uh my my uh Super Bowl. That's my my they named it after me." So we always just say that's it's Live Super Bowl. <laughs> um 
that was, you know, that was in January, 2020, that right before the pandemic. And, you know, we had this huge Super Bowl party because Chiefs hadn't been there in, in forever. You know, that was the emergence really of from the world for Patrick Mahomes. And I mean, what a Super Bowl. They were, they were getting beat most of the game. They come back, uh, win in Miami. Um, it was, it was incredible. It was to me, that's one of the lasting memories I've have of, of being in Kansas city. Cause we moved uh, about six months later. So because of the pandemic, we couldn't see some of our friends before we left. And so that was that, that that's kind of an emotional one for me because that was the last time we were all in the same room together. There was like 30 or 40 of us at our house. Wow. Um, and it was just, it, the game was amazing. Um, the commercials were good. The the Super Bowl halftime was Shakira and J-Lo. So, like, that was dumb. Um, but there was a lot to look at. Um, so, you know, take what you want. You know, like, there were some good commercials, too. Like, I, I mean, the one that I didn't care for was, like, the Nas X, Lil Nas X Dorito one. That, that was really stupid. But the Aquaman with, you know, where he's tearing off his muscles and putting them away was pretty good. Um, the one that stuck out to me was the, the like Walmart was like really introducing their like pickup thing, you know, where you can, you can order online or the app and then pick it up. Well, then the pandemic happened. So like what a the most timely commercial ever. It was a forgettable commercial, but like that to me like stuck out because I'm like, I would anybody want to do that. But then all of a sudden, like every, like Everyone two months later, <laughs> everybody was doing that. So for, for this one was a home run as for a completeness for me, because you had just a really dominant team um, against another really good team in the, in the 49ers. Um, and it was just, it was just awesome. So for me, it's, it's more, a little bit more personal, but I still think it was a hell of a Super Bowl. Uh, Jared, I'm going to – no, Eric, I'm going to throw it to you first. Give me your thoughts on this. Yeah, well, I mean, he brings my niece into the mix, so obviously I'm like, you, know, <laughs> you got to go for it, yeah. Uh, right? Like, how how can I fault him for that? And it's like, yeah, then, oh, it's like uh, a really kind of touching story too, like and just like the sad heartbreak, like the elation of, you know, watching a team that you've now supporting win the game, but also like the, the heartbreak of mentioning like, you know, moving away from those, you know, friends that you didn't have an opportunity to, to kind of to see again because of like, you know, this global situation. So no, but I mean, like um, to have, you know, always had those fond memories. I mean, obviously much better with a, a win than if it all, all that happened with a loss as well. So really good pick. Jared. I think the birth of Patty Mahomes and the revelation that that was like the last, the last time that we could officially do something that gigantic before the world kind of turned. Like I almost kind of forgot about that Super Bowl because I was part of the travel industry as COVID-19 was happening. Uh, so I kind of just like put everything out of my mind, but I, the family ties and everything, dude, like that, that tugs at the heartstrings, just like with Eric's first pick, you know, just watching his dad be happy. Like, yeah, man, that's, that hits the feels. I, yeah, this is a, a you must be Billy Bean because you every pick is is right on the money. Uh, really, really great pick. I, I, I 
I, I thought yeah, but Billy I, Bean didn't win anything, so I don't know. I don't, <laughs> don't want to be compared to that. <laughs> you know, he made a lot of value for the ownership team. Oh, there you go. <laughs> which is, oh, which as we know in America is always more important. But no, yeah, just right. wonderful, wonderful pick. Uh, yeah, I, I thought I was closing the gap in the clubhouse. Like, I, I'm gonna need a, I'm gonna need a hail mary on this one. You're looking <laughs> strong as you go into your last pick. So with the last pick in the fourth round, you already have three home runs. All right, it, so it, my last pick is is probably a little bit of an oddball one too. It was the very first Super Bowl that I remember as a kid. Um, it was uh, 1989. Um, it was Super Bowl 23, the 49ers versus the Bengals. I remember this one because it was my introduction introduction to gambling. Like Eric said, I was nine though. <laughs> I should not have been gambling. Like what the fuck, right? But. <laughs> I remember losing, I think it was like $3 because I, I, I loved the, the Bengals for some reason, Icky Woods. Right. And like, they were just a fun team. They obviously were just completely outclassed by the, uh, the 49ers because they were, they were dominant then. Right. And it was a fairly close game. It was 20 to 16. Um, but that, and that was the first of two. First, you know, back to back for San Francisco, um, but they, for me, that was like one of the first like real true memories of football that I love and feeling of dread. Like this is one of the reasons why I don't gamble that much because if I have something uh, juiced in in the game, like it it hurts me a little bit, and uh, that one hurt for for whatever reason. I, don't, I think it was like three dollars, so it wasn't a lot of money. But back then, I was not for a nine year old. Like that's a, that's a lot of that's a lot of cheddar, right? So um, that one was an interesting one. Also, I remember the, the halftime show of this it was like it was like a three D thing um, where everybody had these three D goggles that you could buy, and they came in like a Pepsi can or, mm, or I remember thing. That, yeah. And it was, and I went back and watched it today on on YouTube, and it was it's just so cheesy and dumb in eighties. <laughs> but like, that's when that's to me when the Super Bowl halftime shows became a like a spectacle, right? More than just you know we're trouting out you know like uh, some old you know old singers from the fifties or you know doing some weird theme. Like that's the one that became like okay, we're going to really produce this thing and try to make it something special and groundbreaking. And even though we look back now and think it was kind of dumb, like for them to pull something off, like the 3d in, in 1989, like that was, that was pretty groundbreaking, pretty cool. That's a good pick. Jared, give me your thoughts first. Um, I think that's a great pick just simply because like we all had our first foyer into gambling, which was usually probably just a loss. Uh, and especially as a young kid, because uh, I think Chris and I are about the same age, like $3 was a lot of freaking money. That was a lot of candy you could buy. There's maybe extra couple milks throughout the week at school. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, I could, I could see why that's burned into your, into that, that, uh, in the, oh, what is that movie uh, about all your emotions? And that, that they would say that's a core memory, right? That's inside a core out. Memory. Yeah, yeah. Inside out. That's a core memory. Yeah, absolutely. Uh I love the Super Bowl. Yeah, I remember. I, I wasn't a serious football fan, but I was, was still a little kid. I was uh, 1989. Yeah, I was like nine years old, so I wasn't a super football fan, but I did definitely did was a casual watcher of the of the Super Bowl just because of the commercials and all the fun stuff that was going on. And I remember this halftime show because I remember 
hoarding those little hologram glasses or those little 3D glasses. Uh, had a ton of them, and I'd always picked them up. Mm. I always thought that was very, very cool. Yeah, this is a lot of nostalgia for me. Like I, I can remember a lot of it, but I can't remember it that clearly. Um, Eric, give me your thoughts on this one as well. I, I hate to say favorites here, but look at this. Look at the leaderboard. I think oh, yeah, that's Tiger Woods wearing guy, his red. Look, he's, he's wearing that red. Wearing that red shirt. It's Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, just uh, another one that kind of just like just uh, the details of bringing up, you know, like that basically ruined uh, gambling for him, you know, as a nine year old, <laughs> like just uh, like, wow, just a, a phenomenal pull. And just like, yeah, the reminder that, that he just brought up of, of Icky Woods, like that's a, a blast from the past. Mm. Like that's a, a name like the, that guy was like very much of the time. Uh, yeah, that kind of just fell by the wayside but him bringing it up was like oh yeah that you know even as a kid it just like it it was kind of uh remarkable that's a good pick well eric i'm gonna stick with you here because hey. we, we're gonna need hail mary's the rest of the way here getting down to the last three picks eric there there's a lot of ground to cover here so uh, uh this is your pick off- isn't it uh no you're 14 no mark you're up bro you're up am i is this flipped oh yeah, yeah. you're, you're yeah, right cause... okay perfect <laughs> okay i'm gonna so i got my i got my commercial i got my super bowl i got my halftime show what i'm the last little detail i need is i need a little bit of nostalgic super bowl cool so i'm gonna give it before our time so none of us here remember this one but we definitely heard the story and saw it on nfl films and it's legendary uh he was known later in life for harassing the sideline reporter struggling but joe namath broadway <laughs> joe super bowl three not only the win the game where the Jets managed to win, but also the promise before the game of guaranteeing a, a Jets victory. Uh, all-time classic cool guys. This is a guy who went on to star in film, uh, also uh, went on to become a, a notable uh, talking head and uh, advisor to the Jets. Just classic cool. I'm going Super Bowl three and Broadway Joe. Uh, Eric, I'm going to throw it to you first. Yeah, yeah, like you mentioned, I mean, you know, like a uh, real familiarity with it other than just watching highlights. But I mean, it's still one of the hugest names kind of in the sport, and just like uh, when it was like in its infancy, just uh, being this like a uh, larger than life kind of character. And uh, this is like, you know, babe calling a shot, right? Like was the, the guarantee of the Super Bowl probably even bigger because it was a little bit more contemporary, you know, uh, more media coverage and everything. So yeah, it's a good pick. Uh, Jared? Joe Namath is the epitome of what Joe Cool was back in the day. Like, I'm pretty sure that's where the, the phrase came from, Joe Cool. But, like, yeah, that that was the... Fr- I think he was one of the first superstars in the NFL. So... Yeah, definitely. Yeah, man. I that The, the birth of the superstar in the NFL, like, I, I don't know, because it's just such a dope pick. There are so many things to say, so I guess... Two thumbs up, fucking uh, yeah, great pick. I hate you, <laughs> and and you get to win over Johnny Unitas. The you, you get the, yes. the win over Nixon's America. But uh, Chris, your thoughts? Yeah, I mean this. Obviously, this one is all about Namath, <clears throat> and the Jets have been horrible ever since that day. 
Um, so, but that iconic shot of Namath running off, you know, hand in the air, like that's one of the most iconic NFL pictures, videos of all time. Mm-hmm. Um, and the fact that he was brazen enough to, to, you know, call his shot, right. They were going to win, you know, we're going to do these things. Um, was was really cool, but the thing about Namath is that he was not that good of a quarterback. Like he really wasn't. Like he just he just it was an op. He just took an opportunity and was and ran with it. So a game manager, right? <laughs> yeah, and I, before that term was out there, right? Absolutely. <laughs> um, but to be in that situation and to you know, like I said, be that brazen. Obviously, one of my picks was the eighty-five Bears, right? So that's you know pretty ballsy. No, I think that was a, that's a very iconic Super Bowl and a very iconic pick. Ooh, well, this one hopefully covered enough ground. But Eric, you have your last pick. I, I I mislabeled these. My apologies, but you have your last pick here in the fourth round. Let me give you some sounder. You're, you're now here here is your where you where you deliver your miracle yeah well this is i don't know how much of a miracle it is it's kind of the one that i uh, i already kind of i'm double dipping basically i already kind of let it with it as uh my favorite um because uh chris had taken my my fourth round selection which was the colts beating the bears so i'm going to go with uh, the eagles 41 patriots 33 in super bowl lii uh, I had already kind of given the the roundup before, like I had followed the Eagles when uh, McNabb was there and Deuce Staley and you know was a fan of that team, but kind of had you know fallen away from them. But them getting to the Super Bowl uh, again, you know, after McNabb and actually winning it this time, it was the closest I've you know been to one of quote unquote my teams uh, actually winning. So I, I did still get to enjoy it at least a little bit. Uh, all the stuff that I said before, you know, I had extra kind of juice for watching, you know, Brady lose because of the Bledsoe thing and the Patriots. And uh, so that was nice. Uh, I had the, the trick play, the Philly special and um, uh, pink performed the star spangled banner in this one. Justin Timberlake did the halftime show. Uh, apparently I don't remember these ads, but there was a whole series of ads for David Harbor for tide. That he, oh, this yeah, was like, yeah. This was the emergence of Stranger Things as like this, you know, cultural phenomenon that was just like kind of wrapping up society. And uh, David Harbour did a, a series that I didn't remember at all. But um, yeah, I guess it was they were some of the biggest ads for uh, this campaign. So, yeah, I'll go first on the feedback. Yeah, I, I love this one. It was such a great game uh, that everyone was like. It was time. It was time for the Patriots to get toppled. And, and I, by this point, this was post, uh, I forget which scandal was. I can't remember if it was bad, if it was the deflate gate or if it was spy gate, but this is they're fresh off of uh, the fan base or the casual fan base kind of turning on the Patriots. And I remember definitely being on that bandwagon. And as a, as a, I'm a Cardinal fan, so I was in the NFC East for the longest time and having to play the Eagles and the Cowboys two times a year. It was hard to find the sympathy in my heart for the Eagles, but against the hated evil empire that the Patriots had become, yeah, this mm-hmm. was a great one. Uh, Jared, uh, give me your thoughts. When your team can win the Super Bowl against somebody that you have a ton of hatred for, 
I think that in and of itself is a massive win for anybody. I mean, I I feel you there, Eric. Uh, you know, I, I love to watch people I hate lose and, and lose effectively. And I will, I will, my hat is off to you, sir. You, you've won me with two of your picks, uh, if I'm not tipping my hand too much there. <laughs> Thank you. Chris, give me your, give me your opinion. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, sports hate is always more love in the world, more hate in sports. That's, uh, that's a good place to be. Um, and yeah, this was obviously the height of, um, you know, New England nauseam, right? People were just like, <laughs> nice. all right, uh, we're done with this. Um, so yeah, I mean, that was, that was, a that was, a that was a good one. I don't remember a ton about the game uh, or the commercials. Uh, or the halftime show, but I, I do, uh, I do remember Philly winning. So, Jared, you have our last pick in the fourth round. Uh, you, you said you came out swinging. You were looking for the title. You put together a strong offering. If I could ask, could you could you bring it on home? Bring it on home. So I know that we always talk about like. Do they deserve to be here, Mark? I mean, how many times have we had that conversation, right? Do they deserve to be where they're at right now? And that's why I think Super Bowl 30, uh, 24, the San Francisco 49ers versus the Broncos is my go-to Super Bowl pick uh, for two reasons. Number one, I mean, you, you look at what San Francisco did that year alone in the playoffs they they blew out minnesota 41 to 13 they blew out the rams 30 to 3 and then they just annihilated the denver broncos 55 to 10 they were playing in turf in a turf stadium back when turf was basically just carpet over concrete essentially uh so we're talking about some real real tough gentlemen but you just look at how the 49ers blew out the 49ers in a dome in super bowl 24 i think that when you look at a team that deserves to be in the Super Bowl and deserves to win the Super Bowl, this is how it's done. The 49ers just essentially gave us gold, uh, if I can use a pun there. And that's why I'm picking <laughs> Super Bowl 24 as the blowout in the dome as my final pick, because you talk about, do they deserve to be here? The 49ers showed you every every single reason why they deserve to be there and win that Super Bowl. Ooh, I'll give my feedback first, because I remember I remember the Super Bowl, and I remember it being like, there was a weird run there where there was some real terrible blowout Super Bowls where it was like, oh my gosh, this is this is a nightmare. Mm-hmm. This one doesn't do it for me. I remember having to watch this. I remember watching. I didn't have to watch it, but as a kid back in those days, like you have a whole bunch of choice. So, I, yeah, this this wasn't my favorite. Eric, yeah, same. I mean, uh, like I said, my dad like grew up a Cowboys fan. And so that's, you know, kind of how I was you know raised to like, even though we live in the Chicagoland area, we were never like the bears fans. It was always like Cowboys whenever they were on, that's what we were watching until I kind of like, you know, came into my own and stepped away. But so like, you know, growing up uh, like a, a pseudo by proxy Cowboys, you know, quote unquote fan, because of my dad, we were always taught to hate the 49ers because, you know, even though um, I love, you know, my Tana from his Notre Dame ties, um, yeah, he was uh, no bueno to kind of root for as San Francisco because of the catch and, you know, all the times that the 49ers had beaten the Cowboys to kind of end um, their playoff magic and whatnot. So, yeah, the 49ers were always really despised, so uh, could never kind of root for them in any capacity. Yeah, that's 
Mark, I, I do I do want to throw this out there. Um, the reason why I hate you is because I was going to pick Super Bowl number three with uh. Joe Namath, and so <laughs> you, you you jacked the the Namath prophets. I had it for a totally different reason, but. <laughs> That's why I was like, I, I got to go with my alternate pick. And I didn't think anybody would go old school because what Chris said earlier was like, yeah, like these are before your times, Jared. And it's like, Mark's going to go more, more, more recent. And then you're like, yeah, my fourth pick is Super Bowl number three. All right. Where's my backup? <laughs> that, that, that's the joy of Mock My World. I still remember when we had a uh, greatest dynasties. And yep. uh, Eric chose the Targaryens right in the third <laughs> round. When I knew, I was like, no, uh, nobody else is a nerd enough to take the Targaryens from Game of Thrones. I'm like, no one's even going to na- know that word. I can, I can wait till the third or the fourth. And then Eric takes it, and I, oh yeah, that one still sticks in my craw here. But <laughs> just a little bit. Oh my gosh. <laughs> uh, so Jared, uh, I know you've been tabulating. Uh, now it's time to get to the voting. So. Each person, and we're gonna, I'm going to go around the panel here, you get to vote for one of the greatest teams that you think has been assembled of all the choices that have been made in this draft. You can't vote for yourself. Um, if we have a tie, then we'll, we'll go for a second round of voting, but usually it's pretty clear. Uh, I'm going to turn over the voting. Our first vote goes to Jared. Oh, actually, Jared, can you uh, announce who the teams are? And then we'll get yes. to vote. Uh, so my team is Super Bowl Eleven, the death of the dynasty with the Vikings. Super Bowl Twenty Nine, uh, every fan's fantasy, where they scored a whole bunch of points. Super Bowl Thirty Two, the almost last ride of the Arabian, which was John Elway's Super Bowl, where everyone thought he was going to retire, and then blow out in a dome for Super Bowl Twenty Four. Eric had Super Bowl Twenty Seven, where he was watching his dad be happy. Super Bowl Forty Four, where Katrina rips the Saints to victory. Super Bowl 35, Eric wins a $1,000 pool on a, on a gambling bet out there. And then Super Bowl 52, where Eric's team finally wins against his hated rival. Mark chose Katy Perry's halftime show, a.k.a. Left Shark. Super Bowl 51, where the Falcons took a tailspin, where 28-3 is now an actual football term. Mark picked a uh, Super Bowl commercial, Terry Tate offense linebacker. And then Super Bowl number three, which was Joe Namus Promise. Chris chose Super Bowl 41, Prince's halftime show, where the symbol puts on a show. Super Bowl 20, the 1985 Bears gestures wildly to everything. Super Bowl 49, (laughs) the post-pandemic Super Bowl, uh, where we all lived in nostalgia for the days of getting crowded and we can't kill our friends. And then Super Bowl 23, his first gambling experience where he lost a hefty sum of cheese. (laughs) Wow, I think you're putting a little bit of spin on there. <laughs> well, I, uh, I tried. I tried to. I tried to make it as accurate to what you guys were saying about, so I could like make it a good showing where I'm not like, yeah, here's Jared, where he came up with all these little snippets, and I'm like, wow, I did something totally different than everybody else. So I wanted to. I wanted to put a little flair on on your guys' picks to make them seem, you know, cool. Yeah, and shit. It was good. Uh, yeah, well, I, I dug that. You did, and you you win the award of getting to vote first. Who are you going to cast your vote for? Uh, best Super Bowl performances, best team. Even though he's a fan of the NCAA and he is actually the entire reason why I'm doing this, I have to give it to Eric for two reasons. When he said Super Bowl 27, he was like, I, I loved it. I was just happy to see my dad happy. Like, I remember watching fo- the Green Bay Packers with my dad after like late night. It's like 10 o'clock at night. I'm not supposed to be up. And my dad just happy that Chris Jackie would make the kick or, you know, or Mason Crosby putting it through the uprights for a win last second. 
that just ripped at my heartstrings. And I remember that's the reason why I like football. That's the reason why I love it is my dad was so happy that the Packers would win. And for him to go, yeah, Super Bowl where my dad was legitimately happy and it was awesome. I, I didn't care about the rest of his picks. I mean, Katrina was a good story. Winning a thousand dollars is a great story. And then your team winning again, like that just hits me in the field. So I got to give my vote to Eric. Wow. Eric, wow. You, Thanks, you're Jerry. leading in the clubhouse. Yeah. You're, you're looking good. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to influence the vote. I'm going to go to Chris. Chris, who's your vote for and why? So I'm going to, I'm going to vote with Eric as well too. So the, the Eric's uh, Super Bowl 35, the the Colts versus Giants, or I mean the uh, Ravens versus Giants. That was the only other one that was on my list that somebody else took. Um, and for me, it was again, it was about the halftime show with Aerosmith because I'm a huge Aerosmith fan and um, live music during half bowl, half you know Super Bowl half bowl. You know what I'm saying? Is 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 a is a win? Um, and uh, so I, I have to I have to go with that one, Eric. Uh-huh. Next vote. Uh, hmm. You all legitimately had like at least a pick that I was like, oh, damn, I wish I would have chosen that one. Uh, they were all great. I, I think the collection, though, and the one that kind of stuck out the most, and again, it, it could be a little bit more just because, you know, it, it's family, but uh, um, Chris talking about Casey and lives super bowl you know so um yeah that that one definitely was kind of the brightest moment and i think actually as a a collection even though it was a little too bears heavy uh, for for my taste <laughs> uh, i'm gonna go with uh chris's selections so i vote for chris wow so we we might have a tie here in that there's no real tiebreaker we might have to turn this over to the audience because i i'm i i was impressed by all of chris's picks uh I love this first round pick. It was personal stories. Eric's was a close second. Just his stories were great. I liked the details of his stories, but man, some of those games, <laughs> I didn't like them as much as, as Chris's games. Uh, I, I'm voting Chris. So we have a, we have a unheralded uh, tie here for mock my world champions. Now I'll throw it to uh, Chris and Eric. Uh, you're obviously re- related. You guys are friendly. Would you like to share your mock my world championship or would you rather throw it to the fans? to let them decide. Turn you know what? I, I've I've actually won a mock my world. I I no. know, no. I know the the. <laughs> I'm going no. to bequeath it to Chris. Uh, I'm going to let him have it because his uh, stories were just better than mine. And I've actually I've already won one of these titles. So it's just like winning a Super Bowl. Once you got one, like let's not get greedy here. Let's. Uh, I'm going to give it to Chris uh, so well, that he can have the the joy of knowing what being a mock my world champion is all about. Chris, are you taking the title, or do you want to turn this over to the fans? So, uh, is there prize money involved in this? There's no <laughs> prize money. <laughs> well, then what the hell? Uh, <laughs> you only get bragging rights. <laughs> uh, so here's the thing: like, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna let up to the fans then, because no. because to me, first this is the first time I've joined this podcast, done this. Uh, winning on my first time seems a little daunting. I don't know if I want to come back and have a really a really bad sophomore slump. So I honestly Chris, I wanted to be, kind of just bequeath it to you more so just to save my own ego because if the fans right. that come back and say like yeah fuck Eric like you're giving it to Chris because <laughs> Eric sucks and we hate him. Right. And that's just going to be devastating. So like, mm. I was just trying to save a little bit of face and and also, you know, give you a a mock my world win. 
Well, hey, let, I'll take a win. W's a W, right? But yeah. uh, you know, I, I am I am curious to see what uh, the people say. I'm a I want to be the people's champ, right? So, oh, so I know how fucking Doug is voting already. So. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> Doug's going to be voting Chris. Uh, I've already voted Chris. Uh, I have a feeling like uh, I, I wonder what Jared will pick. I wonder where he'll come down. There's no receipts on on Twitter or X as as they call it. So we're going to turn it over to you guys. Uh, Greatest Super Bowl performances. We'll list all the options. Option one, option two, Eric B. Chris for it all. Let the voters on Twitter decide. So if you want to vote, make sure you're following us at EVLMRK. Once again, that's EVLMRK. Wonderful Mock My World, guys. Uh, Fun time. Wow, you guys really did your homework, had a lot of really good choices. Uh, we don't get a crown of winner. I feel like Chris and Eric both won. Uh, I, I think the fan vote will be telling, though. Eric, would you like to have a victory speech? Would you like to Broadway Joe this bitch before we... No, <laughs> hell no. No, I've, <laughs> I know that there's enough of our, our fan base that maybe we'll be on my side. I also know that there's a pretty good portion, especially that kind of trend more towards the, the NFL show, which this is, that avoid me for you know reasons. So I, I think that they're just going <laughs> to stay away from me just out of spite at this point. So, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I know better right. than to, to be uh, to cocky or pompous. So, well, thank you guys for playing the game. We're going to uh, stick around here for just some last second thoughts here on the Super Bowl. So, we broke down the hype surrounding the game. We broke down our best Super Bowl performances. But now, let's turn to the end of our episode. Let's get our final final Super Bowl picks. Uh, who are you picking, and why? We'll distill it down to the one important question. Uh, Chris, you're our guest. Um, who do you got in this game and why? And could you give me a final score? Yeah, so I, I'm, I am a Chiefs fan. Um, and I, I believe that you cannot root, you can't bet against Mahomes and that team. That, that team is going to will itself to win. Um, I, I don't think this is going to be a particularly high scoring game. Um, I, I've got, um, I got it at uh, 24 to 21. Um, Chiefs, twenty four, twenty one. Chiefs. I like that. This is. Uh, I'm going to give you the the score of the the. I think this is damn close to uh, Jared. What was it? No, no, no. The Madden simulation was Chiefs thirty, forty nine ers twenty eight. Right. Yeah, yeah. This is going to be. This is right in that wheelhouse. Eric, let me get your. Uh, uh, who do you think is going to win? Why? And give me your final. Um. Yeah, I just kind of think that the. The Chiefs are—they kind of got that uh, that golden horseshoe up their ass, and like uh, Chris just said, you, it's hard to kind of bet against Mahomes. Like we were kind of talking about uh, earlier, like he's just like such a different player from what he was in college. Like the NFL really, really suits him, and just like uh, he's kind of made a vow that he wants to play into his forties to try to catch Brady, and I think that this gets him. One step closer, I got the Chiefs winning this one as well. And I don't particularly think it's going to be that close. I, I don't think that the, the 49ers are, are all that great, honestly. I, I think, like I was mentioning before, I think that the Lions, uh, well, and you guys mentioned it too, it was just like poor clock management, couldn't make a stop, went for, you know, took too many chances. That was the Lions game to lose. The 49ers didn't win that one. The Lions just shit the bed. I, I think that the, the Chiefs win this one. I'm going 34-24. Wow. 
that's a that's a nice margin right there. Uh, geez, Jared, uh, I'm going to turn it now. I'm going to turn it over back to the NFL side of our panel here. Jared, we we follow these teams all year long. We've talked at in depth about the Chiefs, their weaknesses, their strengths. We've talked about mm-hmm. the 49ers. I know you were ahead of the curve as far as NFL fans before talking heads. I think you and 49er fans were the only ones who were by week five were screaming the 49ers are the best team in the NFC. Uh, even there, I wasn't with you until until later on as the season wore on. I still had my doubts. Uh, but here we are, Chiefs 49ers. You followed the season all year long. Who do you got in this one and why? Give me your final. I'm going to I'm going to pick against the grain here. I'm going to go 28 to 13 the 49ers. The reason why is yes, the Lions had the 49ers beat all day every day. The 49ers had to travel cross country, they were in a dome, they were playing in a, in a territory that they're not used to. And Mark and I have said this countless times, there are teams that travel well and teams that don't. So that was a home game, my man. For the 49ers? Yes. Yep. I think it back then to the wrong one. I'm, you know what? <laughs> fuck it. I'm still picking. Uh, simply, <laughs> I like it. <laughs> I'm s- simply because I, I really don't think that it was a fluke for them to go down against the Lions. Um, like we know, we all know the Lions are good, but again, we've seen it with the Chiefs. The Chiefs have struggled the year, throughout the entire year, right? With their wide receivers, Mark and I've had countless conversations. Uh, they they've they've lost games that they should have won. So I want to go, if the Lions can beat the 49ers and the Lions have beaten the Chiefs, I'm assuming that the 49ers can beat the Chiefs. I'm all fucked up. Well, look, he, he hates yeah. college football, but he loves the yeah. transitive argument. Look at that, Eric. That's <laughs> great. <laughs> I, yeah. So that, there we go. We, we know what I'm trying to say there. So. You know, I, I, I get you. Yeah. I, I'm going to. Gee. <laughs> God, words are hard. Jared. Um. All year long, we've been talking about this um, with the Chiefs. There was the struggles early on. There's been the wide receiving assistance they, that they needed. We've talked about the Tyreek Hill problem. His kind of really reared its ugly head. It, it kind of got better at the at the back half. The playoffs, they've been outstanding. For some reason, I believe the 49ers have not been able to put together like a really good game in the playoffs, but yet they've found themselves here. They've kind of not lucked their way in, but maybe there is a huge portion of it is that is luck that's got them here. I think now that they're healthy, this is still one of the best offenses in the NFL. You got McCaffrey, you got Debo, you got Ayuk. Um, th- there's just so many weapons in this offense, and the defense isn't full of slouches either. They haven't played up to it. In fact, they've played they played down to, to expectations, but I feel like they'll be rested, they'll be healthy. I think 34-21 is right. Uh, I'll agree with Eric on that point, but I think it's going to be 49ers over the Chiefs, 34-21. Sad Kelsey, sad Taylor Swift at the end. uh, Break America's sweetheart. uh, And uh, she'll probably write a song about it. Another hit song. (laughs) Make another billion dollars. (laughs) Yay. Isn't it great when when rich people get richer? Gosh, I just love it. I love it. Especially white women. It's like they never get anything. And here she is finally getting it. So, yeah, no, I, I'm going 49ers is in this one. Uh, uh, technically, they, they are the favorites. Uh, but, yeah, this is going to be a split choice going in here. So our NFL guys, our NFL hosts, 
have or going 49ers. The other side, we're going AFC. Everything will be decided this Sunday. So as we wrap up the show, I want to mention SHIB token. Um, if you want to find out more information on investing in SHIB Inu, you can find out more information for yourself. All you have to do is go to at SHIB token. They'll give you the links to the Discord, the Twitter, the Telegram, everywhere else to find more information about investing in SHIB Inu. Don't go out and buy it. Just go out and do your own research. You decide for yourself. Go look at those resources. Get involved if you want. Diamond Paws, SHIB to the moon. Also, make sure you're following us on Twitter slash X at EVLMRK and look for hashtag EMS208 to see special links, tweets, pictures, and stories we talk about in today's episode. And those commercials that we mentioned in, in general will be linked and included on Twitter. So make sure you're following us there. And also make sure you're following us on TikTok and Instagram at Ask Evil Mark. Um, today, I want to thank executive producer Jennifer in Schenectady, who makes sure the trains run on time. I want to thank Jared of the podcast. <laughs> Nobody's listening. Uh, our Friday NFL co-host. Jared, tell us one last time. Where can they get more, Jared? Um, basically, anywhere you find greater podcasts. Uh, look for Nobody's Listening, the podcast with where uh, Let's Play Death and I and I fulfill a uh, a goal that we hit for a stream where we just go on talking about random Reddit nonsense that probably doesn't matter. And the goal is to hit Nobody's Listening, but the numbers keep going up, so which means we're going to keep going. There you go. <laughs> and today's co-host, Eric uh eric tell everyone where they can find you one more time yes thank you file under entertainment podcast available on all platforms uh you can also find jared over there as the co-host and the super producer mark is a frequent guest chris was a frequent guest in the uh music season um so yeah lots of uh, great episodes and also um mark mentioned uh, about the twitter and x uh go throw me a vote (laughs) to (laughs) boost my ego and my confidence also obviously while you're there uh throw a, a vote to cast a, a vote or a, a guess for what's Wrigley watching America's favorite cop cat base uh, trivia game. So uh, there's that. And yeah. Yeah. Continue sure to you- listen to the superior college football and all sports <laughs> edition in the off season. And Tyrone, since I threw you some support, I expect you to listen to at least one of these college football ones. It's all sports now, man. We're talking basketball and everything too. So yeah. Oh, <laughs> pick us up. <laughs> you know that is that is great uh and then thank you chris for joining us i know you don't have necessarily anything to plug but you can hear chris on file entertainment uh, mm-hmm. 2010s very of the decade episodes thank you for being the uh musician in residence on file entertainment and thank you for maybe possibly being a mock my world champion would, would you hey. like to give a victory speech no you can you can find me where no podcasts are found um <laughs> Except for these few times that I've been here, um, but no, no victory speech. No, I don't, I don't believe in that. I'm just, uh, just happy to be part of the team. You know, pulled off the bench, you pulled off the bench, and you might, you might have come in. You might have pulled a Phil Sims. Uh, I'm not that crazy. <laughs> not that crazy. I have but incoherent you, thoughts. Yeah, you you might be a champion. You might have that championship. But uh, we'll turn it over to the voting. <laughs> so make sure you're following us at EVLMRK, EVLMRK on Twitter slash X. Now, as we take you out of here, I want you to get your hype for the game this Sunday. You got to be there. Taylor Swift's being there. She's running across halfway across the world to be there. You need to be there as well. All kinds of commercials. It's a reunion of any TV show you might have watched in the early aughts. Everything's there. Please make sure you're tuning in for the Super Bowl on Sunday. Everyone's going to be watching. And me and Jared will be back next week to break down all the action one last time for you. And we should have a Mansers here 
before the weekend. It might be, it's going to be a surprise, some mystery drop. It's going to be a surprise when that next episode drops. So please, until that point, until you see Mansers in the feed, go check out File Entertainment. Go check out Nobody's Listening. Definitely go check out A for Airbud, Ace Ventura, and Aliens vs. Predators. Uh, so I'm going to get us hype. I'm going to play some hype video as we get out of here. So until next time, be ungovernable, be uncompromised, but most importantly, be kind. Here's a little bit of the official 49ers and Chiefs Super Bowl rematch hype video. High noon Mexican standoff style. This is as good as it gets. And the great thing about it, it lasts forever. We're going to set the tone. We're going to hit these boys in the mouth. The wait is almost over. 32 teams started the season with one goal in mind. And now the two best teams stand one win away from glory. 